Today is Wednesday, July 19th, 2023, and you're listening to the Ask a Christian podcast, and I'm your host, Nate. So today we jump in with not everything is Protestant just because it's not Catholic. If you find a Satanist coven, they are not Protestant just because they're not Catholic. They're outside of Christianity. They are Satanist. So if there is a common thing going on where if something says it's Christian but it's not Catholic, they're like, it's Protestant, it's Protestant. Even if it's rife with heresy that's so far out of orthodoxy in the traditional church um, that you can't even distinguish it, like calling everything good, bad, everything bad, good, like just like what the Bible kind of says is going to happen in the last days. Um, so if people are so against the Bible and they still call themselves a Christian denomination, they are not Protestant. They are apostate. They are not Protestant in any sense of the world. They, word. they are heretical. They are not Christian. They are not a church. They are not a denomination. They are a non-Christian cult um, at best. Um, anyway, so just because it's not Catholic doesn't automatically make it Protestant, no matter how bad people want to say that. Um, Church Father Rumble. So uh, we got a lot of people of different backgrounds in here. So there's some Catholics, there's some, well, I guess actual Protestant people, uh, different flavors. So we have Reformed people, we have um, non-Reformed people, and Catholics, and they all talk about who's the best Church Father for a while. Um, so if you're curious about Church history and Church Fathers, um, well... Listen to that segment. And then we uh, we talk about, uh, someone brings up the verse about serving two masters. Um, <clears throat> and then they wonder what that means. And I'm a little confused because I'm like, well, it says it right there. Why is that hard? But, I mean, turns out the guy legitimately seems like he did not know what it meant. So we talk about that. And, you know, you can't serve God and money. You can't put your faith in Christ and then, you know, put your faith in everything but Christ. Like, that will divide your loyalties. You can only serve two masters. So we talk about that for a little bit. And then the, the woke mob, we turn a little, uh, you know, it's not really political. It just kind of stops and dies with the woke mob and people getting up in arms about stuff and cancel culture and um, things like that. You'll learn a little bit about my genealogy and heritage, if that's uh, something you've always wondered. And um, yeah, so that's it. Oh, 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 and then there's lots of young, like, college-age Christians that show up, and they, uh, they are entertaining to listen to talk. They, they are heavy on the philosophy, which I am not super into that, but it is still interesting to hear them talk about it for a while, so I let them chat for, for a good long while. So if, uh, if that is something to hear about the up-and-coming generation of Christians, and if you need some encouragement, listen to these guys. They're super smart. They're on the ball. They know their stuff, and uh, yeah, it's a good conversation. Um, so check this out. Share these links. Check out the Ask a Christian book on Amazon, uh, free to read with Kindle Unlimited. Check out the Ask a Christian store. Grab a shirt. Just do it. Just do it. Grab a shirt. Encourage dialogue, civil dialogue about people who um, want to know about what Christianity is. You can tell them what it's definitely not. Um, you can also click on the donate link to support us sharing the gospel with people online. Uh, people need more Jesus, not less Jesus. Goodness, do they need it. Anyway, so if you want a biblical, um, biblical, faithful, God-fearing group of people sharing the gospel online, that is this. So if you can't be here live, if you don't want to, you know, uh, grab a t-shirt that's going to have people ask you questions about us. If you just want to support financially, that is super awesome uh, because we do need support. Um, this stuff is not free. So take care. God bless. Enjoy this discussion. Share these links. Have an awesome day. See you. You know, this morning, Facebook is such a cesspool um, and also a gold mine or, or, or I don't know, hoop mine. I don't know. 
But, you know, not everything is Protestant just because people want it to be, just because it's not Catholic, does not make everything Protestant. Wait, like, there's wait, this wait. ongoing war. Go back uh-huh. to the poop mine, because we could, like, they have actual guano mines, like, you know, because, like, guano <laughs> is used for stuff. So you could actually use, like, the idea of, like, Facebook is the ultimate guano mine. So, like, the bats are flying around in there, and they all poop everywhere, and then we mine out their crap. See? I mean, I guess good job, but I mean, that makes it sound a little more useful than I mean it to be. But I mean, I guess uh, we are fair. trying to, you know, get a get a get a nugget of gold out of these nuggets of, you know, <laughs> not gold of guano. <laughs> anyway, um, just because something is not Catholic doesn't automatically make it Protestant. So these people are asking about like, you know, like fringe, fringe stuff, like super progressive, whatever religion that's like, you know, all like anti-biblical every time you turn around. Um, and people are making the case like, no, that's not Protestant. That's just abject heresy. Like that is not biblical. You can't just keep calling things like these weird fringe groups Protestant just because they're not Catholic. I'm like, yeah, guys, like at what point do you stop? If they're like, hey, you know, we're a Christian denomination. By the way, we worship the devil, hell, Satan. Are, are you going to call them Protestant? No. I mean, they would try. But no, it's, it's satanic. It is not Christian at all. You can't just say it's Protestant because it lacks being Catholic like that. That's ridiculous. So. That's like a pejorative, like, oh, it's Protestant. Oh, it's Protestant. That's why you need authority. That's why you need authority, blah, blah, blah. No, it's like not even like close to being Christian. That's why it's not Protestant. Call it something else. I mean, anyways. So, yeah, that's that's what I woke up to uh, woke up to this morning. So, I guess. What do you think on that, you Protestant? Yeah, Dirty right. Protestant? I guess Jehovah's Witnesses would be Protestant. What about Heaven's Gate? Like the guys with the the Nikes or those guys Protestants somehow. What about Jim I mean, I'm Jones? Sure, I'm sure this guy would think that. Um, yeah. Well, and then they're like, well, without without church authority, blah blah blah. Regardless of all the you know vicious Catholic backbiting, it sounds like I have like an anti-Catholic penchant. I really don't. It just happens to like come up and spark my mind. So like that's just where the conversation's gone the last couple of days. But. Um, they're like, oh, well, whose authority? What authority? I'm like, okay, thanks. Thanks, guys. You can nominate me. I'll, I'll bear this burden. I will be the authority, okay? I'll be the one to decide what's Protestant and what's not. I will I will bear this responsibility for humanity. Yeah, <laughs> or like, we can just like... have history do it. Because, you know, there are historical <laughs> denominations that are Protestant denominations. So, you know, there is that. But, uh, you know... The other thing is, like, I love this Catholic idea about authority, and then it's like, okay, cool, so um, by what authority are the German bishops in Germany, uh, well, I guess they would be German if they're in Germany, would the um, would the German bishops be doing gay marriages? Oh, well, they're not really Catholic, but they are. They're running all of the Catholic churches in Germany. Like, there's no one that's not, there's no Catholic church in Germany that's not performing gay marriages. Oh, that's a lie. No, go look it up. There's like articles about it. Oh, well, you know, the Pope will eventually kick them out. I'm like, what, in like 200 years? Like, what What are we talking about here? Speaking of the Pope, peace be upon him, I just saw another thing. He's like, people, see, other Catholics are calling out the Pope. Um Gosh, I meant to save my sources. Saw your sources or it didn't happen. It's all over Facebook. I promise it happened. But the Pope was saying, like, to look back in history is a sin. And, you know, nothing nothing sounds quite as bad as, as well, most things don't sound as bad uh, when you look at them in context. But, I mean, it's still not great. So, like, they're, they're trying to say that the Pope is um, 
you know, in hot water now for trying to tell people that uh, to look back in history is a sin. And you like, the, okay, so the case they're making is the Pope saying like morality is not uh, a standard and morality is basically always progressing and always fluid. Doesn't sound great, right? <laughs> so um, then when you find out what he actually says, like you read the article and he's talking about like, you know, if you look at the history and like go back in history and like look at the traditionalist standards, um, it seems like he's not not really favorable toward that position, like the traditionalism. And he's, I, I, can't, I just can't help but think it's like getting to how they're going to have like this um, council this this summer. And it's like next year is going to be decided about how to let like women be more inclusive in the Catholic Church and what they should do about LGBT inclusivity and stuff like that. So I can't help that he's like kind of setting the stage like, oh, well, you don't want to be stuck in your ways back there. Like to look back, it's a sin. Like basically saying that to not keep moving Christianity forward is a sin because you're complacent and stuck in a rut. So it's a little more favorable if you read the whole article. But still, to say it's a sin, bite me. Um, anyways, complacent. Uh, anyways. Um, so <laughs> anyway, that's that's the thing today since you invoked uh, his holiness. But yeah, I just I just can't help but think this is setting the stage for about a year from now when the council reconvenes. They're going to be like, okay, now this is okay. And it's all kind of like abominable heresy. I mean, they've been doing that for like a thousand years. Yeah. <laughs> this is where they say like, you know, hold my Christian version of beer. Yeah. I mean, like the fourth Lateran council, you know, that was pretty far off the rails. I mean, they, they started the Holocaust in 1215. So, you know, it's kind of <laughs> on them. I mean, well, they started the Holocaust long before that. I mean, but, um, you know, what people don't realize is like in 1215, they came up with the idea of making Jews wear stars of David on their clothing. That's literally, you can read it in the count canons of the Fourth Lateran Council in 1215. I just wonder how much indoctrinate, well, I mean, you know, say things without saying them. Of course. But I mean, it's like, how much are these people just using these things for apologetics or how much do they really believe this through their indoctrination? It's like they act. It's kind of like when an atheist is leading you and they're like, oh, but but how could this happen in the Bible? It's like, OK, clearly you don't think this happened. You have a whole spiel about why it totally 100 percent is impossible to happen. But you start by like asking a question. So, like, how much of it is that? How much do they really believe when they're like, but but whose authority? But how do you know how to read the Bible? Like, believe in Jesus and repent and live forever. How do you know what that means? Who will tell you? It's like, bro, come on. Like, I, I feel I want to kind of feel bad and kind of be like, okay, just get, lay out your spiel and let's talk about the end of it. Or do you really not know that? Like, have you really been so, like, browbeaten? Um, over your upbringing and indoctrination that you really don't know, like you need a father or a pastor or a priest to tell you what repent and believe the gospel means. And I don't know. What do you think? 50, 50. Probably 50, 50. I'm like, goodness. Hey Lou, what's up? Hey, what's going on, mate? What's going on, Chris? God bless you guys. Hey Lou. <laughs> uh, next Chris will say American Catholic didn't fight in World War II. They fought for which side? Oh, <laughs> both. So both. My okay, dad both sides, was to be Catholic. Sure. My dad was Catholic, and my dad fought in World War II. He was much older than my mom. He was born in 1921, and so um, 
Yes, he did fight in both theaters. So his ship went through the, the Panama Canal. He was on an LST, a, uh, it's a landing craft to land tanks. So yeah. Walter, are you Catholic? So he was a German, question mark. Actually, yeah, my, my family is, um, my, my dad's side is German. So, yes. So why do I have a sense of humor? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Walter, you're Catholic? Really? I didn't know and, that. And you, have, you do have a sense of humor, Chris. I'm sorry. I, is he Catholic? Oh, he is. I didn't know that. I, yeah, I didn't know I was, that either. Huh. Walter, I'm sure you're a good guy. Like, all of, all of my uh, anti-Catholic speech is directed at the institution and very, very hardcore Catholic apologists who I believe should know better. I mean, unless you're one of them, then, you know, we could just respectfully disagree. I mean, but it's the ones that are like loud and obnoxious in the governing body that I, I have problems with. I mean, Nate, they, they do know better. I've never known an honest Catholic apologist. Well, I mean, where were you saying the 50-50 crowd? Or are we including, okay, well, what is a Catholic apologist, right? Like, I'm sure they have a, a correct title and schooling to be an apologist. But I mean, like the Facebook, Facebook warriors, who are just like lay Catholics who maybe read some stuff. So, you know, like, like, I mean, like maybe like a bunch of us, right? Like sometimes we'll say stuff and put our foot in our mouth and be like, oh, we don't really know what we're talking about. Um, you know, like that kind of Catholic, not someone with like a degree in, in the Catholic apologism or whatever, but just like a, a lay person who is saying stuff on Facebook. Like half of them, you know, we, we thought maybe to indoctrination or... No? Okay. <laughs> no comment. Sorry, I'm running around this morning. Doing... Walter, uh, I was born into a Catholic family and brought up in the Catholic system. I am not a, I am not a Nazi. Uh, well, Walter, if, if you wouldn't have made that declaration, I, I would have probably assumed that you were not a Nazi anyway. Um, so I don't, I don't know if it was for our benefit, but I, I would not think that you're a Nazi. Well, welcome everyone else. A little lighthearted conversation this morning. Oh, that's for Chris. <laughs> Sorry, I'm making my son breakfast. What was that? Oh, he just wants to let you know he's not a Nazi. Noted. Let's see. Let's invite some people up. If you guys want to speak or chat, jump on stage. If not... That's fine, too. You're just at the mercy of whatever conversation we come up with. Yeah, and, and to be clear, we're not calling all Germans Nazis, nor are we calling all Catholics Nazis. Um, that would be silly. Um, we're simply saying that the roots of the Holocaust have a theological dimension to them, and that theological dimension came directly from the Catholic Church, and even the ancient Church Fathers. So, People like John Christodom were wildly anti-Semitic. I mean, it seems like a lot of signs are there, right? That the, the institution has kind of been corrupted and there's a lot of un-Jesus-like un things that have crept into them. Almost as, as if maybe it was not meant to be, you know, the, the first one true church or something like that. Like almost like it was commandeered by men and then assigned a bunch of extra biblical stuff. 
Not to say that, you know, the, the one true church, whatever, whatever, the body of Christ doesn't have its problems. Of course it does. But I mean, you know, these are these are pretty weighty topics, like pretty weighty oopses, right, in history. Yes, Nate, you're amazing, and you're right. 100%. Thank you. <laughs> Lou, are you speaking? <laughs> yeah, uh, four minutes left, but yeah, sure. So. <laughs> oh, let's see. What is the question? I have to troll the question. What did... I don't know that word. Chrysostom? 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 John, John Christodom, or however you say it, it's Greek. Um, so Kyoto, what he said that was anti-Semitic was he literally gave a series of messages called the homilies against the Jews. And if you read them, they're pretty horrific. Sounds like hominy. Do you ever eat hominy? Yeah, yeah, Kevin, I'm with you. Um... But yeah, so homilies against the Jews are really are really pretty horrific. Oh, what, homilies are short sermons, right? Like sermonettes or like mini sermons, right? Correct. Yeah, and I mean even Augustine, you know, like <clears throat> whom I greatly respect and think is an awesome church father, you know, he said some pretty nasty things too. I mean, it, it was just part of of ancient Christianity that Jews and Christians didn't get along. Um, and there was a shift, um, in the early church that, I mean, there were, there were early church fathers that called for lit, the literal extermination of all Jews. Like, I mean, it's, it's there, it's in the writings. People tend to ignore those though. New Testament goes against the Jews. I mean, what about the new Testament that is Jews? Right. So, Oh, I was just going to say, Augustine, just uh, what he said was um, he came to a compromise position between exterminating all the Jews um, and, you know, accepting the Jews. And his compromise position was that <clears throat> they should be oppressed and kept poor and made sure that they can never be part of polite society. And so that they would become jealous of Christianity and convert. That was his that was his middle ground was um, a massive systemic oppression of Jews. So I gotta go. Ah, which but is what secularists want... are trying to do to Christians today. Yeah, go ahead, Luke. I just want to say this one thing. Like, I think we can grasp a lot of good um, ideas, thought, Christian thought from them, but to, to hold them in high regard and follow them as if there's something other than the, the good things they contributed um, would be absolutely wrong. So, so yeah, sure, always like read them and, and get the good stuff. And it's like, wow, that's a good thought. Um, but the bad stuff realize that they were men, they were flawed and we, we're not, we're not as Christians to follow any of them in that capacity. That's all I want to say. 100% agree, right? Broken clocks right twice a day. And if they say something that's directly in the Bible, sure. I mean, of course it's great. It doesn't mean they're great. I mean, it means they're a fellow human, just like you and I, but it means they said something that's like literally in the Bible. So wonderful. But uh, so, I mean, I think the only, like the first, by the time the Bible's done, you don't need anyone else. Like we have the benefits. So if we want to flesh out the finer points of some doctrines, 
because we have thousands of years to think through it and talk about it, wonderful. But especially when it's like adding stuff or coming up with like new stuff, just do nothing. Like, don't do that. That's like the, I mean, as history shown us, that's the greatest way to like cause problems and get in trouble. So like, yeah, I mean, to get the finer points of like deep theological doctrines, I think there's value in, in that, but you're not adding to, you're not changing from the Bible. You're not coming up with new stuff. You're just expounding on stuff that's already in the Bible. You're just working it out. Um, but yeah, to come up with new stuff and then, you know, uh, anyways, we've said enough. Catholics are wonderful, Chris. I know many Catholics that are lovely. lovely. And I know many Protestants who are not. Yeah. <laughs> like me? Well, I wasn't going to say it. It's okay. You're lovely, Chris. Yeah, on occasion. Um, so, yeah, I mean, look, we just, I'm not impugning the church. Um, what I'm saying is that we have to be extremely honest with ourselves and not make you know, beatifications of church fathers or, you know, beatifications of, you know, people that went before us. They were simply men that were doing the best that they could in the situation that they had. Many of them didn't even have complete canons to work from. So, of course, they're going to say some wacky things, um, you know, that many of them had been persecuted by Jews. And so they're going to say some pretty nasty things about Jews. We have to take everything within its historical context and just be honest about it. That's my only argument. But a lot of Christians don't want to be honest about the church fathers. They don't want to be honest about church history. Because it makes us look bad. Well, and also, you know, watch church history. Like, I, I should not be held to stuff, you know, people have done thousands of years ago. It's like the Old Testament. It's like being an apologist for the Old Testament. The only dog a modern-day Christian has in that fight is technically same God. Um, otherwise, hand them over to a rabbi and be like, great, ask, ask the guy all your questions you want. Go ask this rabbi. Like, the only dog we have in that fight is technically same God. So, like, the only dog I have in the fight for apologizing for, you know, church, church fathers or what the Catholic Church has done thousands of years ago is technically the same God. That's the only reason. Like, I didn't do it. My religion didn't do it. My denomination didn't do it. Nothing I'm affiliated with anyway did it, except technically, same God. Well, but, I mean, the deposit of faith given to the apostles is carried through the church. You know, I mean, that's that's not... Yeah, but to say that's the, that Peter... Right, carried through the church. But the Roman Catholic Church is not the church, in my humble opinion. Yeah, so that, that's the thing, right? So, like, my only allegiance is to the church in that regard not to the organization of, you know, Roman Catholicism. So right. whatever they did, that has nothing to do with me. Whatever right. Paul did, yeah, that has something to do with me. Like Paul says, you know, like gay marriage is bad. Yeah, I'm responsible for that. I believe that. That's the church position. That's my position. Hate me for that. Not for like crusades. Sure. I mean, you can hate me for lots of stuff, but, you know, not, not the atrocities of the past. Um, All right. I made my son write toast. Someone's asking you to quote some good stuff from the church fathers. So yeah, yeah. Be be fair. What's what's something good a church father said? I mean, probably the gospel, right? <laughs> oh man, yeah. Like Augustine laid out um, the doctrines of grace really well. So when people are like, "Where do you get Calvinism from?" I'm like, "The early church." You know, 
like Augustine was the first one to lay out the doctrines of grace. So, all right, we get, by you now. Yeah, we get. Uh, Augustine was a false teacher <laughs> that didn't last long. <laughs> she was, yeah, and even before that, yeah, of course, uh, yeah, Tyler. Like, I mean, you know, I think that. Augustine was the first one to lay them out in a really cogent manner. Same thing with like, um, you know, uh, Tertullian and the, and the Trinity, you know, the Trinity was taught throughout church history, early church history, even Justin Martyr refers, you know, to the concept of the Trinity, but Tertullian was the first one to lay it out. I think in the most cogent manner that we have today, I don't know. Would you disagree, Tyler? No, I definitely agree. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I definitely think Augustine's probably the father that puts forth the doctrine of predestination with the most clarity as early as he does. Um, I even think um, Gregory of Nyssa puts a pretty high view of providence. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think most of you. His view, I'm, his I'm view yet of to find a father that doesn't. Yeah, I, I mean, like... Most fathers are either silent on the issue or tend towards a high view of providence because of their view of God's nature. Exactly. Um, yep. E- and that's Can Eastern. We... Even like Justin Martyr in the very like rudimentary places uh, on his little bit that he says about grace in the soul is kind of uh, sounds semi-Augustinian before Augustine. Uh, sorry, Susan, it's like looking into a window of Percy's house. Yeah. Sig, Sig's mom is talking yeah. to him, it sounds like. You guys think my mom sounds Australian? <laughs> <laughs> no, we're just oh trolling God. you. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> is it your mom from Nigeria? Nah, my mom says that. Dami Dele, what are you doing? That's how my mom says that. Now, but can we like make this really good distinction between Calvinists and Reformed theologians just on the internet in general? Um, because whenever oh. I speak to Calvinists, they believe like that God's predestination is tensed. Like they actually believe that like God has these array of options, selects one, and then says, I like this the best, and I'm gonna make sure this happens. Like that what? we all disagree with. I've like, never heard that from any reformist, right, right. from any Calvinist or reformed theologian. They think that they've read Calvin for five seconds and now they're and they're, they're not Cal, they're not even reformed. They're just anti-Arminian. Oh sure, I'm sure there's people like that. I mean, oh man, we got the I whole. I believe it's the majority of people that I've come across that say that the Calvinist. Well, I mean, I think that most people are not super educated. You know, if they're coming from a Reformed church or a Calvinist background, they're just not super educated in their tradition. You know, they're an R.C. Sproul for five seconds and they think they know what they're talking about. It's crazy, right? But R.C. Sproul knew what he was talking about, so yeah. you know. uh, did he? I mean, are we yes. certain about no. that? Yeah, are you, what do you mean by that? R.C. Sproul is far better than probably any ancient church father. That's a crazy statement. That's a crazy statement. statement. Nope. That's almost blasphemous. I will stand by that. 
Mm-hmm. You stand. You standing by the Athanasius. You standing by the analogy to rape that he makes about grace. Yeah, no, that's. But he got that from Edwards, <laughs> to be fair. Still, though, he's still using it two hundred years later. It's crazy. Mm. I'm just saying, the man knew his stuff. I'm not gonna take that from him. You know, he was educated. He had his philosophy degree and stuff. But saying he's better than some of the ancient fathers is wild. Why? Most of the ancient fathers, you read one paragraph oh and it's gosh. brilliant, and then the that. next paragraph you read it and it's heresy, because they just didn't have the the shoulders of giants to stand on. They were figuring stuff out as they went. So I mean, it's not like the church fathers just because they were, you know, fifteen hundred years ago are special. It just means that like they were from fifteen hundred years ago. They, they are special. Here's my take. Here's my take. Okay, PVM. One, Turretin two, uh, Aquinas three, Augustine uh, four, and then like maybe, it? and then maybe like maybe like eighty nine, no 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 no, like eighty nine hundred, we got RC. <laughs> yeah, that's accurate. That's accurate. I like that. I like that. I, 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 yeah. that. I really messed with that. I like that. Mm-hmm. But Aquinas, I, I thought about that for a while. It goes number you one. You literally just thought about Saint it. Paul. Number one, it's St. Paul. Oh, he's Number so pious. He put a Bible author in there, bro. <laughs> I, hope I hope your next is going to be John. Oh, I put actually, Number let me edit two. my list. I got Jesus, number one. That's our oh, don't do that. Don't do that. You can't put Jesus in y'all, y'all getting it. Y'all getting it all wrong. You see, this is what's wrong with y'all Latins. Y'all start with an impersonal essence. I start with the person of the Father. Mmm. Through his energies, though. So I got the well, energy nah, of the yeah, father yeah. at one. <laughs> Chris, you've got to be like a pig in mud on this conversation, right? But I'm about to throw myself off a building. Oh, I just, I love that uh, Tyler is actually the, um, is actually the, uh, the source of the uncreated energies somehow. Yo! Somehow. Nah, that's great. He's actually the uncreated energy of Calvin. I helped, uh, I helped Palamas pin his number one uh, work. The triad. I heard, I I heard Kyoto wrote John Radio. 16. I did, That's just right. not even true. I did. And I, I, told, a, I told Aquinas about the argument. And he used it against Aquinas the Aquinas stole it against, stole it from me. And you stole I it mean, from I me. Was, I was literally his roommate. That's just a lie. I was giving him notes. I stole it. Hey, when your room isn't going on, this is what all of us do in a room together. This, it's like me next time you, these guys. Next time you ask me why I don't go to other rooms, this is going to be your answer. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but in all seriousness, though, like if you do actually have a question, we do have answers. We're just horsing around because we like theology so much. Except everyone here seems to be like interested in this discussion. Can, can there please be an atheist to come tell us why God doesn't exist? Oh, why no, Jesse's no, here. Please, you Jesse's will never here. Have. Jesse's you will never have a good conversation with the atheist. Now, remember, hey, Nate, were you here when the last time when um, all the atheists came in and they were questioning Tyler in here and it was like Pokemon? They just kept like throwing different atheists at him and then he would fold that atheist and until he finally got to the final boss no, of Jack Games, right? It was a gauntlet. <laughs> no, you told me about that and that was after I left and made one of you guys mod, so I, I wasn't here. You said you were going to find the replay, but you never did, you liar. Oh, you sold the gauntlet? Yeah, bro. I got to the final boss, and the final yeah, boss. Yeah, I mean, it's probably. I mean, the replay's probably gone now because it's been too long. But I mean, I, I mean, I, I wanted to hear that. 
I mean, we could probably recreate it today. I'll ping Haiti in here. She was the one throwing <laughs> pokey balls with Tyler. <laughs> and now we got Sig and Kyoto too. So like, it would be epic. It would be like, it would be like the three of them, and I, me and you can just sit back and watch them just full. Well, I know is that you know, I mean, I'm, I'm good with that. We just need to get some. Yeah, maybe just like ping some atheists. Like, I think it takes them longer to wake up and you know digest their baby's blood. Um, so it takes them a little yeah, longer to, to crawl in here. Whoa! What? I know. Mean, that mostly joking. <laughs> is that what joke, guys? That's crazy. Ooh. We could talk about uh, this argument that Turretin made from Genesis. Forty-nine for uh, yeah. the messiahship of Christ. Amen. You know about that, Sig? Mm, no, I'm not. I'm not knowledgeable, guys. I don't know the subject material. Okay, I don't know the subject matter. <laughs> Bro hasn't read Leibniz. He can't. He can't talk about logic. Yeah, man. I haven't read Monadology. Uh, respectfully, uh, you're not qualified. You're not tested. You know. Not I can't tested. take you seriously. Uh, I can't take you seriously. Test the waters. Test the waters. Test the waters. <laughs> Uh, test the words is so funny. Where are the where are the atheists today? You know where they, they are. Baby's they're blood, Chris. Rooms, bro. After well, they digest the blood it. of the innocent, they'll crawl in here. <laughs> and as Elijah says, I will utterly sweep you away. That's what I'm saying. They're yeah, all fighting with Matt. They're all fighting with Matt over slavery in the other room. Uh, oh, okay. Why don't By you the take... way, slavery is wrong, but at the same time, <laughs> I agree with Kanye West. Slavery <laughs> was a choice. Bro, <laughs> slavery is wrong, but at the same time, it's a crazy start to a sentence. Not going to Slavery is wrong, but at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I can't lie, I need to put a corollary around that, innit? Uh, as the black Hebrew Israelites saying, I'm going to have my white slaves in heaven. Wallahi. Wallahi, I'm going to have that. I don't stand by uh, his interpretation. I mean, just because uh, somebody takes, like, Palmas takes Actus Purus doesn't mean that can it's Can we theology. talk about Christian nationalism? Yeah, we can. You want to talk about that? Vody Bauckham had a real good sermon. I would about rather it. talk about My that. My personal opinion is that... Uh, I like Vody Bauckham. Why are all the people who lead the movement, like, weirdos? Like Doug Wilson. Stephen Wolf, Eva, Stephen Eva Wolf is just a racist. Uh, Doug Wilson is like doesn't believe in uh, raping. Doesn't believe that raping your wife. Rape? Why? Hey, 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 what? Wait, he didn't he recant that, he did, of that though? No. He doesn't believe in rape. He didn't. Of course, that's he great. doesn't believe you can rape your wife. He doesn't believe that's possible. Uh? For two, he also uh, believes in pedo communion. Three, oh, wow. he wrote a book defending Southern slavery. Why are all the people who uh, you know, Why engage in this practice? Well, okay, hang on. So we, we've talked about Christian nationalism, um, the idea, quite a bit in here, probably more than we should have. But I don't know any of these people you're invoking. So I, I would say, you know, as a very unbiased person, because I have no idea who these people are, um, I'm qualified to say, I, I think it's got to be something like, you know, how many Christians are there? who are popular, but they're complete lunatics and heretics and nuts. And we'd be like, 
No, they don't speak for Christianity. Christianity is about, you know, Jesus, the death, burial, resurrection, that. So if there's someone who says they're a Christian and they're like leading some sort of, some sort of Christian movement, but they're insane, I mean, that doesn't make them necessarily the leader of a movement. Um, so like, I, I would like to think that these people, like Christian nationalism, as we've talked about a lot, and I've, these names have never came up, um, just because they, they, what, somehow people put them in the leadership role or they claim that they speak for Christian nationalism or, I mean, just because I don't even know if they claim that or people just assume that about them, but that doesn't mean they do. So, like, I mean, I, I guess, like, my thought on Christian nationalism would be, like, strong sense of God, family, and country. And then I, I would diverge from where people want to take that to controlling the government and setting up some sort of quasi-theocracy versus, like, stopping short of that and just being, like, God and country, and you know, let's um, without without force, like through will of vote, just get as many God fearing, Bible believing Christians in in leadership roles as we can. That's nah, we need of, a monarchy. Right, right. Yeah. I'm saying to set the stage. That's what that's I the think. general gist of that. that yeah, that's the very yeah. general gist. So then, if we're saying, well, that why is. do all these leaders? Well, what makes them leaders? Are they are they self proclaimed leaders, or did other people give these titles to them? Um, there are many people I see like getting media attention and putting the movement out there. Uh, he also like um, like the people that I, I'm referring to as leaders have some type of relevant work that people often cite and quote to defend their issue to defend the issue. Like for example, Stephen Wolf is the one who wrote the book, "The Case for Christian Nationalism." Right, he's the one. He's the main one putting out work. And sort of behind the movement that is making the movement relevant, and probably one of the most prominent. It's fine if you haven't heard of him, right? Uh, like, I probably hadn't heard of him until his book came out, right? Doug Wilson, I think most people kind of know who Doug Wilson is and know his whole shtick with Christian nationalism. He's probably the biggest name. Maybe him, Bakum, maybe him or Vody Bakum. Maybe him or Vody Bakum. Right, but but wait, Vody Bakum is a Christian nationalist. So so called, but I don't see any real commonalities between <clears> him and the move, him and the in the movement or whatever. Like, like he's just kind of saying, you know, contra the atheist. Uh, this nation should be founded on Christian moral principles, and it's just basically. He's just taking like a Christian view of jurisprudence and saying that's like Christian nationalism is what I'm looking at. It doesn't look any different. But yeah, I mean it's fair if you you haven't seen these people be represented, but I've definitely seen these people put on the forefront as like the face of Christian nationalism. I mean the the most person I've heard who's got some notoriety is you know like Andrew Torba. He's like the founder of Gab. Like. I, I've seen more stuff from him, and I just kind of glance at it because it's, like, really long, and I'm like, I, I don't care that much. But, I mean, from what I've read, I mean, it seems like he makes a reasonable case, and, I mean, it seems like he's a fairly reasonable Christian, you know, person. Um, are you familiar with him? Because, like, he, I, I mean, I've, I've seen more of, of him than anyone else, and I think he, he does a fairly reasonable job, and I don't think he's, like, completely insane in any other areas of his life that I know of. Mm, okay. I, I don't I can't say that I am familiar with Anthony Torba. No, it's is Andrew it? Torba. Andrew Torba. Or my bad, my bad. Yeah. I can't say I'm familiar. 
Yeah. I believe wow, he was a... Go back to uh, talking about church fathers. I believe he was a ghostwriter for Turretin. So I think Turretin got most of his stuff from him. Please do not blaspheme St. Turretin like that. <laughs> oh, I have a question for the Catholic people. Um, wait, do we still have Catholic people? No. I'm Catholic. Oh, okay. Well, okay, well, I'm sure you guys will know. <laughs> I didn't realize... No, I guess I, I okay. Never mind. I guess I did realize that. But is there no distinction between like saints, like people saints and angel saints? Because someone was talking about like Saint Michael and stuff, and I thought, huh, you usually hear about you know saint people, but angel not so much saints? saint angels. Yeah, that's what someone was saying. They're like, I got this thing of Saint Saint Michael the Archangel because he's like God's mighty warrior, and you know, so I'm like, huh, I, I don't really remember hearing a lot about saint angels. So is that a thing, or is that like? Yeah, I guess angels can be saints. I think, well, wouldn't angels supersede the title of saint or wouldn't it be inherent in angel or something? But so saint people and saint angel, I guess that's a thing. All right, uh, let's do talked about some more church father stuff, I guess. It's not that they're like, they're just called, they're part of the blessed. That's why they call it saints. So, well, well, this guy was saying that the idea is that. The blessed include the saints in heaven, and the uh, you know the people like uh, like like the people who've already died in the faith because they never defected from the will of God like the angels in heaven. So they, we call them blessed. So they're saints in that respect. Wait, who's we? Typically Christians. Oh, well, okay. So like I, the thing I was watching where this guy did that. It was like a, a Protestant guy and I, I guess a very Catholic guy. And neither were like religious figures. They're were, they were like uh, book writers. But anyway, they were devout Catholic and devout Protestant. And they, were, they were talking. And this Catholic guy, he's like, yeah, and I just wanted to, you know, I, a couple of years ago, I really, I really felt like I needed to get serious about, you know, what I believe and blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, like rededicate my life to God and that type of stuff. And he's like, that's why, uh, you know, and he like, he's like, I wear this symbol of St. Michael, the archangel. And then he like tells a story. This is just what I heard regurgitating this. Yes, um, I, he's like, because St. Saint Michael is, uh, you know, God's mightiest warrior angel. And, you know, he, God got mad at him because the story goes like, you know, he, the story goes, he was like letting people into heaven and he was tipping the scale, letting more people into heaven than he should. And God kind of got irritated with him and ah, ha, ha. But so St. Michael's compassionate and merciful and a mighty warrior. So that's why I. I wear this pendant of St. Michael. And I thought, huh, so St. Angels. Not going to lie. That is a wild story to support having a pendant of yes, so Archangel. Saint, Saint Archangel Michael Wright, who you referring to, is yes. uh, one, of, the one, one of the... He's the only really, from my knowledge, the only saint we have that is an angel. But he's the one that refers to that we can pray to for protection, right? to protect us in the morning and he's the one that threw the devil out of uh, heaven and threw him uh, and made him fall right so that's that's what he's referring to right but we we don't usually have like angel saints right but that the usually it's mary's above the saint the angels and then the saints and the angels are like typically around the same level hmm. oh, interesting i mean since um Roman Catholicism is now like Gnosticism, pretty much. I guess you can just have seen right. angels. <laughs> I, I, I got. Well, I was speaking to some EOs the other day, and it's like, 
you believe in ADS, which means you Calvin believe in our... said that angels are like God. How do you feel about that? I mean, lots of things are like God. But he said that they're absolutely simple. <laughs> who said that? What? Wait, who said that? <laughs> Wait, who, who said that? That was, that was me. I was joking. Oh, I was like, oh, we're going to fight. They, they do say they're relatively simple, though. Not Calvin, but other people. I mean, I would say angels are relatively simple, but like, I mean, if absolutely Calvin said simple. That, no. that would be crazy. What, the angels are relatively simple? (laughs) Yeah. Why? He said, no, no, not that relatively simple. If he said they're absolutely simple. That would be hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Is the Sunny God relatively simple? They're not composed of... uh, That's just an existence. (laughs) Somebody please translate for the rest of everybody else. Because no one knows what simple means. If you say something is simple, you say it doesn't have parts. But whatever doesn't have parts doesn't need a cause to exist. So if you say that, if I said that an angel is simple, it's basically, I'm saying that they're uncaused, basically. Damn. So if I were to say, you know, I'm uncaused, that would be an insane statement. Because only God is uncaused. And look at, look at John Lee in the chat with the Arabic. I think, okay, this is a really neglected topic, all right? I heard this from Bradley, so I'm stealing this from Bradley, but it's true. And it's that Christians should start greeting each other with our own unique Christian greetings. We have some in the Bible. For example, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Bro, uh, Jesus was, well, not Jesus. Paul was spamming that in all his openings, bro. Or y'all brought up Yaakov, bro. Yeah, the the Eastern Catholics watch. still do it in, like, um, in, like, Africa and everywhere. And so they're, like, they're some Oriental. We have, a, we, have it a part of, we have it a part of our, like, uh, doxology and a part of our, uh, like, the, the, the blessing before we leave. But it should be a more normative <laughs> greeting. I mean, is there something that's really, uh, that, that really like, uh, I don't know, brings the fire, like, you know, peace be upon you, the name of our Lord, who will rain down fiery vengeance on all, I don't know, sinners, or, I don't know, something like a revelatory greeting? It should be something. Peace be upon you until the earth dwindles away and the hills Let me it should be something revelation. in Latin. It should be something in Latin. But the Bible is written in Greek, bro. So true. No, no, no it's that. not. It's written in Latin, in the Latin Vulgate. Oh, my goodness. Can you prove that? Hey, hey Tyler, well, is this just the way that... being greeted by all of us with the Holy Ghost? Charles, come all right, on here, here's, the, here's, Charles, his revelation, his revelation, his revelation. Okay. How does this one sound? Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words. Of, okay, well, I, I'm going to change a little bit to make it more relevant to like a Christian. Changing the words blessed of is the one who reads the word of our God. And blessed are those who hear the word of our God and who keep what is written in it. For the time is near. That's a little too long. Uh, I, I, I like the Latin. I like the Latin text too, though. Well, uh, yeah, let's find one more fire and brimstone but uh, Poo-Face, you wanted to be on stage, so welcome. What, what's up? Yaakov. Are you speaking, Poo? <laughs> yeah, look at it. Bro. 
Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Oh my. This is what he. This is what he does. Okay. Oh. You gotta understand. Know yeah, Cove is a little bit autistic. Yeah. Well, why don't you just use the Latin Pax TV, which means peace be with you. That didn't sound fiery enough. I'm looking for, like, if I'm going to greet someone other than, like, hey, what's up, man? I mean, it's going to be, like, you know, it, it, <laughs> I don't know, something fiery. Um, just say, like, grace to you or something like that. Or how about repent or die? Yeah, or, uh, well, I was going to say, <laughs> maybe not to die. die. That, that I don't know. Repent or die in your wanna, sins. I'm not sure that's how you want to greet other Christians. But, well, yeah, if that's another Christian, presumably they will have already repented. So, John Lee trying to get us to kiss one another, bro. Look at look what he put in the chat. <laughs> like, let's let's try tried... this out on Michael. All right, hang on. Michael, um, let's see. We're, we're working on Christian greetings. Um, well, this is for Christians, but for non-believers, let's see. Um. Well met, Michael. Uh, repent or die in your sin. <laughs> does, that, does that have a tone that wouldn't necessarily incur a favorable discussion going forward? Well, you had me at well met, right? But, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Just no, stop there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, probably not. But, hey, listen. The First and foremost, Chris, you owe me a book. Um, uh, and now you, now you can explain to Nate what that means. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, it, um, uh, is there anything wrong with high? Um, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to dress it up a little bit. Oh, you're trying to dress it up. We're trying oh, to okay. make it more, uh, like more obviously Christian. So, you know, the Muslims, like the Muslims. we're not trying to be like them. We existed before them. So look, the Christians have been doing it forever, them. but it's always yeah. been the grace and peace to you from God, our father and Lord Jesus Christ. So, we need to innovate. We need to innovate. I'm gonna go through the Psalms real quick. Wait, Hold how on. can you say? Why, why, can you say God well, our Father like, and the Lord Jesus Christ like in a modalist grace, way? Could be like grace from the Father, and the other yeah. person says, "And the Lord Jesus Christ." And then they like back well, each other up. Hey, we'll, we'll, give you guys a, we'll, we'll, we'll give you guys a couple minutes to uh, come up with that while we say hi to ID and the good adult real quick. So work on your best uh, best greeting. Do do like a normal one. And then do uh, like an extra fire and brimstone one for me, um, and and we'll have a contest here in a minute. But ID, what's up? Welcome. All right, three, two, one. Good adult, what's up? Good. How are you? Grace and peace to you. Uh, good morning. Good morning. What's up? Um, I didn't want to interrupt. I just uh, had a um. <clears throat> A verse that I wanted to uh, get get some clarification on. Sure. Uh, the verse in question, <clears throat> the verse in question, is uh, Matthew six and twenty four, where it states, "No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and man." Amen. Um, uh, so clearly, verse says that uh, no man can serve two masters. Um, can you give me your understanding of that, or can one of you teachers give me your understanding of that verse? Well, we definitely can. But Say I'd like nay, to. Well, I'd, I'd like. To, your <laughs> well, I'd, I'd like to first. I mean, because I, I don't mean this bad, but I mean it. It seems pretty um, like a, a fairly straightforward read. 
could you give me your understanding to see where you're at, and then we'll happily pile on. But I, I'm wondering what your first thoughts on that are before we speak. Why does that always happen when I come to ask a question that you guys retook oh. I didn't think I did that very often. Okay, it's I'll what, just tell you then. It's so, what good right, Bible believers. Well, I mean, I, but, well, because it's so easy, right? So, like, I'll try to not, like, spare your feelings. But, I mean, that's not something you usually do. But in this case, the reason I did this um, is because it seems so obvious that you can't serve two masters. You're going to love – I mean, I'm saying what the, what the verse says. You're going to love one and hate the other. So if you say you're following Jesus, but you also want to follow money, want to put your stock in money, want to follow things of the world, um, then it's going to divide your loyalty. So you're, if you say you follow Jesus, but you also love all these other worldly things that are not necessarily related to Jesus as a master – then it's going to divide your loyalty and it's going to pull you away from one or the other. So the end result is you serve neither. Or if you say you serve Jesus, but you really put too much stock in this world, like the Bible says, you know, store up treasures in heaven where things don't rust, where the moth doesn't get to things and like things don't rust. So if you, if you're worried about worldly possessions, then you're going to end up serving that master. Um, and if you try to serve Jesus too, then at best your loyalties are going to be divided, but ultimately you're going to be pulled away. So the idea is not that it's bad to have these things, or, you know, want a good life, a good, comfortable life for you and your family and stuff like that. But if you put stock, like, I must get this, I must strive, I must work, like, you, you know, to like a, a, a level where it really seems like you're you're working to live and you're serving these things, then that's a problem. And that's what that means. So whenever I, I ask you what you thought, um, it, it just seems like the obvious answer would be something like that. So I didn't mean any offense or, uh, you know, to lead you to like a gotcha. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's what it means. Uh, do you have a response? Um, yeah, I appreciate the uh, the answer uh, and all. Uh, th that does make sense to me. I didn't see it from that context, and uh, I appreciate that. I, I do have a follow-up if I may. Sure, go ahead. Uh, <clears throat> so in... In Matthew 8 and 19, it states... Uh, and a certain scribe, and a certain scribe came and said to him, "Master, I will follow you wherever you go." This is res respond, or excuse me, um, being spoken to Jesus here in Matthew eight and nineteen. He's being referred to as master, um, and that is in one instance, and there's several other instances where the title master is given to Jesus. Um, in addition to this, I'm trying to just grab this other note. Bear with me, where we have God being qualified as master. Give me a second as I grab that verse. Uh, my central question is, if I have verses referring to God as master, and then I have verses referring to Jesus as master, are they both master mm -hmm. or or one? Or, excuse me, no, let me, I'm sorry, let me rephrase. I'm sorry, I'm taking it back. I have verses saying they're both masters. So which one do I serve? Because it says I can only serve one. It's the same. Jesus is God. So Wait. true. No, I didn't, I didn't ask whether or not Jesus was God. I'm saying I have two different masters. I'm right. God. right. That's what, what, well, hang on. I mean, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, Jesus is God. That's one master. Uh, or Jesus is master. God is master. You, you say that's two masters. But because Jesus is God, that's one master. So now you no longer have two masters. Because God is master, and Jesus is master, but Jesus is God. So that's why I said that's one master. That's the relevancy there. So true. 
you get what I'm saying? No, I'm going to sit on that one. That that doesn't make sense, but okay. Okay, so yeah, we'll, we'll read that back. Um, and you know, you said you want to sit on it, so let us know when you want to speak. But just just read that back a couple times with the idea that our belief is is Jesus is God, and I and then I think that'll like digest that for a minute. But read that a couple times with the idea that Jesus is God, and I think that'll give you our perspective. Jesus is, but but the scripture says Jesus is the Son of God. He's not God. He's the Son of God. Right, but that's also not not like the son, like a biological son. Like if you have a son, like that's in a very different way than Jesus is the son. So it talks about, you know, Jesus is begotten. So it's not like, uh, you know, Jesus is the son, just like, you know, Joe is the son of Jack uh, biologically. But Jesus is like the, the son of, of God. So that means like uh, the begotten means like to, to help me out, Greek people. It means like to come forth or produce from or it's different than like from, the, yeah. the exact way you think of like a biological son. The scripture said, this is my son whom I, who I'm in. Please, this yes. is my son. So you're saying that's not referring to an, to a, another? It's referring, it's referring to himself. to another person. It's not referring to another God. Right. right. And that person is, is my master, correct? Yeah, because he has the, yes, he's your master. The father's your master. The Holy Spirit is your master. But they're one and the same master is what Nate is saying. I have three yes. masters, or, or, or now you're throwing me for a loop again, Fred. Okay, so look, okay hang on. You so, have so one like, master, so, three persons. So then I have yeah, three. Like so then I have three masters. Hey, hang on. No, no, wait, wait. We're trying to tiptoe around this. Okay. Are you familiar with the Trinity? No doubt. You've been here more than like two seconds. You've heard of the Trinity, right? That's what we're getting at. So, like, if you don't subscribe to that doctrine, if you've never heard of it, it makes perfect sense where you're confused. If you've heard of it, um, but you don't believe it, then it doesn't. Um, so that, that's where we're coming from. We believe there's this triune nature of God. Right. So Jesus, there's the Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. These are three persons, yet it is all the same one and only God. So that that would be the confusion. So if you've never heard that before, um, now you have. If you have heard it before, but just disagree with it. Um, at least that's our perspective. So Jesus is not the father. That's why he's the son. Right. Because he's a different person from the father. But all three, the father, son and Holy Spirit are the same God, the very same God. So it's not three gods. It's. One God, yet three persons. So, so I, I am. That it up. I am familiar with uh, the Trinity. Notice that I I made no mention of God. I'm speaking to, about that verse in Matthew where it says you can only serve one master. I'm speaking about masters, not God. Um, unless you're telling me now that in in conjunction with your um, triunity. You're also suggesting that there is a triunity in the title of master, that master equals God. Is that what I should understand? Yeah, master refers to the same person who is our God, or the same God who... <laughs> master refers to God, right? So God is our only master. We don't have multiple masters because there's one God. And then, but that one master exists as three persons. So you'll see in the scripture where it says... That there's one God, the Father, and one Lord, Jesus Christ. But these don't exclude each other. You'll see a script, like for example, Jude 1.4. It says that Jesus is our only master and Lord, but not to the exclusion of God the Father and the Holy Spirit. We have to properly understand these passages in our context, and these are Trinitarian passages. Um, I don't, do you, just to clarify some things, do you, are you a Bible believer? Do you, do you claim to believe in what the Bible says, or are you just like an inquirer? I'm an inquirer. Okay, okay. 
So you don't have a dog in this fight. Well, from the Trinitarian perspective, that's how we explain it. God is one in what he is or his essence, but three in person. So when we say we have one master, we mean there's one God, one essence that we refer to as our master. All right. So that's how we explain it from our perspective. Um, but if you're just an inquirer, you know, the doctrine of the Trinity might be something you have. Like, I'm not going to tell you to meditate on it, but if you want to understand our position more, that might be something you have to deal with and meditate on first to understand what we understand about it. Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if meditation is necessary. I, questions are necessary to, to understand where you're coming from, right? That's why you have a, a room such as this, so I can come on stage and ask questions now. Yeah, you can come on stage and ask questions, but meditation doesn't just include, uh, like, questions are included in meditation because you're contemplating the things that we're talking about in your mind. Right, that my contemplation is what brought me here. I said, uh, I was at a position of contemplation. I said, you know what, let me go ask some people that know better than me. And so that's why I arrived here. Yeah, hopefully it's been useful to you so far. Yeah, uh, so just so I'm, I'm going to make sure I leave here with the right understanding. Um, so the phrase, excuse me, the verse there in Matthew uh, 6 and 24 needs to be seen through the context of the Trinitarian view that though it does state you cannot serve two masters and though three persons, well, two of the two, two of the three persons hold the title of master, uh, I'm not supposed to see them as individuals in this instance, but see them as one but then in certain instances, see them as individual persons. But that's either here or there for this argument. In the context of the term master, don't view them as individual persons. View them as one. Is that is that correct? No. So in the context of the term master, it's applied to the, the being or the essence. Right? So when we say we have one master, we're referring to the being or the essence. No, no. And that's it. Uh, then, no, no, I have yeah. verses, though, where masters apply to the person. Of yeah, but never to, the exclusion, person. never to the exclusion of another person. Right, right. Okay. Right, yep. Well, yeah, let us know if you have anything else. I think you said you wanted to digest something, but, yeah, stick around. I mean, if you have anything else, let us know. Um, there was someone else that was here. Uh, well, Michael, back to you. How's your, is it Wednesday? It's Wednesday. Uh, yeah, right? I hope so. How's um, Wednesday going? Uh, it's going okay so far. Um, just, you know, staying active online, responding to emails, not really trying to work too much. Um, so you said a couple things that were really interesting, and Ian said something very interesting as well. Because um, I, I, I've kind of used this in, in part of my own personal philosophy. You know, you, you, you use two phrases, working to live and living to work. Um, and I actually, um, this is like part of the philosophy I try to live by is I work to live, right? Yep. I, you know, like not the other way around. So I was, I was curious if, if, um, if you subscribe to the same type of thing or whether you actually take the, the, the reverse look. Heck no. And this is yeah. another point of agreement, Michael. We've, we've got to find... I mean, I guess maybe God is our only real, real disagreement. Well, I mean, maybe some politics stuff, but no, I mean, I've always been in the mind work to live because you know, life is short. You've only got so much. You don't need to be a, 
you know, a religious person to realize this. Like, what do you want to do with your time? Do you want to like strive and strive and strive and never have a free moment? And I, I first like kind of thought this whenever, um, you know, I, I had my first real job and, um, uh, it was actually when I was a cop. And, um, so all my other law enforcement friends, it's like, look, I'm going in, I'm doing my eight hours and I'm out. I'm going to like, you know, go to the movies, go out and eat, go hang out with friends. Like, you know, go to the, to the river and blow stuff up. Cause that's, that's fun. Um, you know, like fireworks and stuff like that. It was around the fireworks time when I realized this 4th of July anyway. And, uh, so many of them all the time were like, Oh, we, we took over time. Oh, I have to do this. I have to do this. And I'm like, well, y- y- we all make the, a similar salary. Like I, I know, you know, I know your budget. I know your bills. Like you, you don't have to have this right. And they're like, well, no, but you know, I, I'm just doing this for whatever, whatever the reason that wasn't necessity. And, I mean, I guess, you know, the, the steel man position of that, if they're trying to get a nest egg and save up and like, you know, plan for the really long haul and like, you know, grind it out now so they can take it easier later. I guess that's the only reasonable approach I could see. Or if they're trying to save up to pay off bills or buy stuff, or buy buy an expensive car or something. But I'm like, yeah, I, I hate that idea because I, I, I want to live my life, um, maybe a little too much like instant gratification, but I don't want to prolong it. Like I want to live my life. So as long as I have enough money to pay my bills and, you know, get by, then I, I don't want to be working again. So I, I only want to work like the bare minimum, uh, that I can live the type of life I want to live and not a hour more. So yes, Michael, we, we do subscribe to the same thing. Yeah. Interesting. And then Ian, you said something very interesting, uh, when you were speaking to, I guess the other guy who looks like they left, um, about, uh, you, you asked if it was a believer or an inquirer. The answer inquirer. And then your next statement was very interesting. And you said, well, you don't really have a dog in this fight. And that point I vehemently disagree with you on. Um, because I also, you know, inquire. Uh, I'm an atheist, in, in case you don't know. Um, and I think I very much have a dog in the fight. Because I'm very much interested in truth, like like it doesn't matter. Like I'm convinced God doesn't exist, but I accept the possibility that I could be wrong. And if I am wrong, I want to know that I'm wrong. So I th- I think that the people who are inquiring, depending on their motives, they, they could have bad motives, but very much have a dog in the fight. And I'm curious as to what you think about that. Yeah, the so when I say that he doesn't have a dog in this fight, I mean with respect to Trinity versus Unitarian debate. Um, I'm not referring to like God's existence or non-existence. And I, I think that he should search the scriptures and be studious about that. I'm not opposed to anyone doing that, you know, especially if it's for his edification and bringing him to the faith. I would be, I would like him to do that. But I wasn't saying that he has, doesn't have any, you know, reason to search the scriptures or be curious or have any inquiry about it. Just more so, I was trying to ask the question to see where he was at spiritually and then so I could, like, meet him where he is. But since he was neither Unitarian nor Trinitarian, I was like, man, it's kind of hard to get him in because he doesn't have a dog in his fight, doesn't have it, uh, presumably doesn't have an understanding of the history between Unitarians and Trinitarians, so it's hard to, like, get him in on that. And that's more so what I was trying to get at. Um, so. Yeah, no, that's yeah, cool. Understood. If cheerfully if he was, Maybe he was, like, anticipating a, a counterpunch that possibly could have thrown up at that guy. If he did take another position, um, but like if he doesn't take a position, 
on like, like if he does if he's not a Unitarian, then like it would be fruitless to like well on your view then you'd have this issue if you take this stance or something like that. Does that clear things up, Michael? Yeah, like I said, cheerfully retracted. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure what perspective he uh, he was coming from, and it was it was pure curiosity in my perspective. Well, yeah, yeah, and that's like so many times, right? It's like you know, people people will say like, you know, they'll present it as, "Hey, I just have some very innocent questions," and it turns out, you know, they're a bad faith actor. And um, by the time we've talked and wasted thirty minutes, um, while they've slow kind of walked us down this path um, under the guise of just innocently asking questions. You know, they want to preach on why they're right and, you know, they totally have a solid position and, uh, you know, why we're totally wrong and dumb. And, you know, whenever we're talking about like the Trinity and things like that, it's like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's exactly the purpose of this room is to, you know, have uh, answer questions and stuff like that from a biblical Christian perspective. But if we just want to jump to someone that, you know, is, is not super familiar with the, with the scriptures or, uh, you know, Christianity on a whole and, you know, whether they're Muslim or atheist or whatever, and they just want to jump into, hey, explain the whole Trinity. It's like, okay, well, yes, we're here to answer questions. But that's a pretty big question because then they'll, they'll throw out like a couple of handbook Bible verses. Be like, okay, well, here's a Bible verse, and here's a Bible verse, and here's a Bible verse. It's like, okay, well, to give you, you know, to, to relay the, the Trinity as we understand the true nature of God in our heads, we'd have to put our whole like head on a platter, and it's going to take a significant amount of time. So, yes, we want to answer questions, and we can give you quick answers, but if we give you quick answers, that's just going to throw you off and give you – then you're going to be like, oh, well, I found this verse that disputes that. I found this verse that disputes that. So, I mean, I mean that's kind of like the problem, right? And from a spiritual standpoint, uh, you know, Paul talks about man's wisdom versus spiritual discernment. And if you really want to understand, like not, not just understand like in a head knowledge, but if you want this stuff to click because after, after we talk forever and they're like, okay, I get what you're saying, but I don't believe it, which is very few people that actually get that. They're usually like, I have no idea. I can't make sense of it. And I'm like, well, that's because certain things are spiritually discerned, and I guess the Bible is right, and I, even though I think you should get a head knowledge of it. But even if a couple of people are like, yes, I, I understand what you're saying, but I don't believe it. Well, if you really want things to just click all at once, like start with the gospel, start with Jesus, right? Repent and believe, focus on Jesus. And, you know, once you get this, like, belief and faith in Christ, all these other things, because we really believe this stuff, will be spiritually discerned and spiritually garnered. So if you want, like, the shortcut right, where it sounds like the Christian just saying, hey, just shut up and believe it, which, you know, maybe I am, but I mean, you know, it doesn't make a shortcut wrong. So if you want a shortcut to all this stuff, repent, believe the gospel, put your faith in Jesus, ask him to save you, forgive you, make you born again, repent of your sin, the stuff you know you shouldn't be doing, stop it, and ask Jesus for eternal life that he says he will freely give to everyone. There is zero reason to not take a shot and, and do that. Like, believe as if it were true, and, and the only reason someone could have to, to not go down that route is I'm just not even convinced enough to even give it a shot, which is like extreme anti-hedging, but whatever. But if someone's like remotely curious about Christianity and stuff, then do it the way the Bible says to actually do it. Don't try to start with the Trinity from the beginning before you even think Jesus is the son of God. Um, start with Jesus as the son of God, put your faith in him, put your trust in him and go from there. And we really believe like God himself will lead you and without a lot of these questions you have will mysteriously vanish. You'll just be like, oh, huh, I had that question. I guess this is the answer. I actually don't have that question now. I see things just start clicking together like magic or God. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, no, and it's, there you go. I, I guess from partially, especially I guess from the, from the Trinity perspective, because when I was a Christian, I was a Trinitarian as well. So that's not a, that's not a hard one for me. And, and I, I do truly believe 
<clears throat> that from a biblical perspective, I think tr- I, Trinitarianism is the only thing you can you can back up biblically. Um, so that's just never been, you know, like if I were ever to, you know, find faith again, I wouldn't be a Unitarian because I wouldn't be able to back that up biblically. So maybe that's why the Trinitarian question has always just kind of been like a myth to me. Sean, you have anything to say on that? If you're speaking, Sean, or anybody else. Well, I would say it's definitely a breath of fresh air to hear that. Um, Because you will hear a lot of people, even atheists, but mostly Unitarians, uh, just say, I don't see the Trinity in the Bible, and I'm just relieved that that's not what we're, that's not the level of discourse we're having. So thank you. Because um, the Trinity is in the Bible. Very true. I mean, you get no argument here, <laughs> Rev. What's up, Rev? <clears throat> not much. Hope everyone's having a great day so far. So far, so good. What's on your mind? Or is anything on your mind? That's the more appropriate question, to be honest with you, Nate. I'm just out, out for a walk, listening to the conversation. I'll chime in if I, uh, I got to add it. Okay, Sean, I'll bite. Why did you change your PTR? <clears throat> Sean? I guess he's not speaking. <laughs> That's an interesting PTR. I'd be curious about its origin. It's a black slave, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's like a very, very famous woodcutting. Back in the day, they used to have slavery. They used to have slavery going on. What's that? Um, No, I mean, the origin of maybe bad choice of words. Why Sean chose it as, as his PTR. That's what I meant. Hey, Jesse. Hey, River. Good morning. Good to see you down there. Hey, Jess. E. Suleiman. Uh, Suleiman. What's up? Oh, man. Are you, Are like you speaking? The actual conqueror? Uh, I guess not. Oh. Jesse, what do you got he to was, stump us he with? He was today? conquered by technical difficulties. Oh, there he is. Suleiman, okay. are, like are you like the conqueror? Oh, try again. Oh, man. He's That's not even close to what I asked. Uh, with the app, I, I was the app gacked out on me once or twice this morning too. Well, it's, <laughs> okay. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll hear them at some. Man, I've never seen that glitch before. That's pretty crazy. I would say I would say turn it off and turn it back on again. Um, Chris, I, I'm really curious as to your takeaway from the video link that you sent me. Um, not necessarily on the video itself, but what were your takeaways? Like one, were you, are you, like how familiar are you with Peter Bogosian? Um, and two, have you read any of his stuff? I've read some of his stuff in the new discourses. Um, you know, he partnered with Helen Pluckrose and James Lindsay to do the uh, infamous publishing in the feminist journals. Are you aware of this controversy? Yep. Yeah. So I'm, I'm more familiar with him on that stuff, not necessarily his, um, atheist writings. I know that he does street epistemology. Um, 
you know, and I've seen some videos of him doing that, but, um, I have not read like books that he's written for instance. Yeah. It's interesting. Another guy that, um, you, you could look into, I think, um, this guy named Anthony Magabosco and it, it, he, he does SE as well. And it's funny cause he, he took it to, I think it's probably fair to say that he took street epistemology to a place Bogosian <laughs> probably didn't see coming. Uh, like he really has gone kind of leaps and bounds and strides ahead of where, um, his book manual for creating atheists ever. Um, I, I didn't think it was even in the, in the realm of, of possibility. I guess you'd have to ask him that though, but yeah, I, I would say, um, uh, check out, check out Anthony Magdabosco. He's viewable on YouTube and other places like that. He's not an author. I don't, he don't think he's a scholar of any kind. Um, super smart dude and very, very, uh, easygoing, um, and agreeable overall. Huh. Yeah. I mean, my takeaway from the video was, you know, that it was kind of a real takedown of, uh, you know, the ideology. Um, I don't want to go into it here on a public stage, um, for the very reasons that they mentioned in that video. Um, you know, but you and I can talk privately. (laughs) Now Nate's going to be triggered. What were they talking about? Um, it it was basically about, um, uh, uh, trans stuff basically to, Chris, I have to ask, why do you shy away? There's a couple weird things. Like, you don't shy away from anything. But whenever we start talking about, like, is it because just political stuff in general? Which, no, you talk about that plenty. So why is it specifically, like, you know, LGBTQIAPS issues or, um, you know, issues like anything to do with that you, like, shy away from? Because I am a small business owner and there is a virulent um, and very nasty crowd that loves destroying small businesses that I don't want to have any part of because, you know, it's just not worth it to make a couple of points to 10 people online to lose my business. Yeah. And so it, if it was to defend the cause of Christ, you would say, fine, I'll lose my business. But if it's the cause of politics, you're like, no, nah, not worth it. No, if it's, but I mean, again, there's a cost benefit. Like if I can, you right. know, to have a, a conversation on clubhouse is not worth my business. Now, if, you know, I'm presented with other choices, then sure, it's worth my business, but not a conversation on Clubhouse. Yeah. So I'm, 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 curi- I'm curious, and we'll get away. Um, well, so so with these, were these comments, were you to make them like very ordinary, maybe just like, I disagree with you, but you know, whatever, live your life, but we disagree, like very mundane comments that you think would, would incur the mob? Or are these like some, some hellfire, like, you know, off the rails, like, oh my gosh, what is this guy doing? Basically, basically what's going on is that there were two atheists, um, of, you know, prominence, both PhDs. Um, you know, we mentioned Peter Bogosian, who's a very smart dude and I'm familiar with his work, um, going against woke, wokeness and stuff like that. Um, and, and he's very, he's very, um, and Michael, correct me if I'm wrong here, but he's very out in the atheist community talking about like how atheists have bought into, kind of the the left-wing narrative and he's been called right-wing for this when he's actually he's actually a lefty Um, and that's kind of the same thing that happens to all these folks James Lindsay and some of these other folks they're lefties but because they're trying to talk what they see as common sense to and and skepticism to other atheists then they're labeled and you know and put into a narrative and you know that Bogosian actually lost his job at University of Portland. Um, so, 
you know, there, there's a whole thing there, but then, you know, there's just, uh, so anyway, the other lady is a, a PhD in mathematics, um, and is an economist and she's very, very, very smart. She's British. And, uh, it was just a conversation between those two. And I think that the reason I sent it to Michael is because I thought it was noteworthy that you had two atheists that were kind of going against the current cultural narrative. Yes. Uh, Michael, you had something to say? Yeah. So kind of like, it, it's very fair to say, and I don't think, I don't think Chris mischaracterized, uh, Peter at all. He, he's, he's, he's centrist. He's still left of center, but he's he's pretty centrist. I think it's probably most fair to say. Um, and what and and I understand what um, like why why Chris is is cautious, and and I have no problem saying that I think his caution is warranted. It's not it's not the quote unquote um, mob, right? That has been you know that either has been vilified or seeks out others to vilify it's not that it's it's certain pieces within that mob right so you 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 could probably say um you know that you know because i am you know so far on the left i you know i damn near fall off the the planet right um and i've said that before um and people and, and I have been put is, oh, you know, you're part of that leftist mob. Well, no, uh, you know, because I don't I don't take part in any of this kind of mob mentality. Um, but there are those on the left and some may, and some would say the extreme left who not only hold to the same like who hold fundamentally, I think, to most of the same beliefs and ideologies that I do. But one of the, the one of the torches that they've chosen to pick up and I use torch uh, purposefully, um, is, is to try to burn down those. Like, in, instead of, like, okay, so me being on the extreme left, the furthest I'll take it is a conversation on Clubhouse, right? Or I would invite, you know, like, if I really wanted to kind of, like, quote, unquote, lay into Chris, I'd invite him on the podcast and have a much more uh, firmly focused conversation on our differences in a forum like that. But there are others on the extreme left that pick up the torch, not to do in the, the way that I do, but to see, okay, Chris is, he doesn't believe the same things I do. I think the things he believes are dangerous. I think the things that he believes are divisive and all these other bad things. And, and the hard part is, is that at the root of it, those are some of the, like, I believe some of those things too, right? But these, but these, these, other people, what they will do is they'll say, instead of limiting myself to trying to talk to Chris or disavow Chris of the, of the things that he has, I'm going to take it a step further and I'm going to try to ruin Chris, right? And there are, the, there are those on the left that do that and there are those on the right that do that. And so I understand Chris's caution in this. If, if that makes, hopefully that rant made sense. Oh, it totally does. Yeah. And I, I was just curious why, you know, because there, there are certain topics that, you know, Chris is like all like full steam ahead and there's some that he shies away from. So I was just wondering what the, um, but yeah, yeah. No, the, the stuff that's in the, you know, in the milieu of the left wing zeitgeist right now, like it, that's the stuff I'm going to shy away from, you know, simply because, you know, 
there is like, and again, it's not the entire mob, like, like Michael is saying, but there is a small minority of people that, you know, will take up a cause. I mean, like, look at the one lady that, you know, got canceled on the flight. She made a bad, this is a few years ago. She made a bad joke on Twitter because she was going to South Africa and she said something stupid. Um, and she had like 11 Twitter followers or something like that. Like she was in PR and somebody found it, caught wind of it. And by the time she landed, she had lost her job. Like, oh, yeah, I mean, I, I that's, that's the kind of thing it. that I'm trying to avoid. Yeah, I get it. And that makes sense. I was just curious. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I'm not dumb. Like I know that happens. I was just curious why, why those issues, except you're not going to be able to hide away from that forever because you know, in the zeitgeist of the mob and you said there's some in the mob. No, it is the mob. So there's some on the left, but then there's a mob within that left. So I would say by the time we get to mob, it's the entire mob. That's why they're called mob. So it may not be that it's not the entire left, uh, but there is a mob within that left. So that mob will absolutely do that, except you're not going to be able because in their zeitgeist, um, you know, you are white, you are Christian, you are male. So you are literally Hitler and there's no getting away from that. And, you know, Tyler up there, uh, you know, and Sean down there, uh, you know, they're both Christians. So they are literally the grand wizard of the KKK because they are Christian males. Um, so, I mean, you know, that's that's currently where you guys all are. <laughs> so um yeah yeah but you know what the hard part about that is and and this is something that 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 I do my best to try to 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 fight against because like there has like we're we're not generally speaking we're not a stupid species right we should be able to walk and chew gum at the same time right <laughs> and i should be able to look at i should like you know it's like you know chris who you know he and i are i'm not sure that we could be further apart politically, ideology, ideologically, or anything else like that. But, but if I like, if I was in the position where I needed, you know, an IT guy to do something for my business, I would have no problem hiring Chris and his company to, to do that thing. Um, and and you, we we should be able to we should be able to compartmentalize these things, understand that there are areas of agreement, understand there is a disagreement. Um, but but that that shouldn't preclude us from all of the other all of the other parts of of life right or at least i i i don't think it should and and while it is fair to say that there are these you know quote-unquote mobs on the left it is also fair because it is also true that those mobs exist on the right as well right and of course I don't think there'll be, there's not, it's not a reasonable disagreement to that point. It is evidently the case. Um, and, and it's, and honestly, it's, it's, it's too bad. And I would stand alongside, like, so the, the, the one anecdote about the woman losing her job, right? Um, I, I'm, I'm unfamiliar, I'm unfamiliar with it. Um, so taking Chris at taking Chris at what he said for the anecdote. So was it stupid? Yeah. Should there have been consequences? Probably, but those could have been social consequences. They could have been like, it, it didn't have to be, you know, uh, you know, in the, in the loss of her job. Um, and I probably, I, I think again, not knowing the details and exactly what was done or said, that's, you know, that, that's probably, that's probably stepping over the, uh, stepping over the line. Um, and I mean, from the, from the consequence perspective, but anyway, I'm rambling this morning. Well, let's see. Anyone else have anything to say about this or anything else? Yeah. Those texts or those tweets that she said, 
they weren't just like bad. They, they were pretty, pretty bad. Well, if you're familiar with them, could I mean, do you want to say what they were? Because I certainly don't know. Going to Africa. Hope I don't get AIDS. Yeah. Just kidding. I'm like. Hey, XG, what's up? Oh, it's Bubby. That is that is an issue. <laughs> of course you're. Is an... What's up, Bubby? Yeah, but yeah, this is not just uh... a... Oh, she tweeted something that's in bad taste. Poor her. She lost her job. It's an overreaction. It's she literally tweeted out something working at that position at the company saying, I'm going to Africa. Hope I don't get AIDS. JK, I'm white. That's not just a bad tweet. That's like a that's a gross tweet, bro. Like there's there's like, like if like imagine going to sign up to any job, right? And having that on your, like, digital footprint when the company goes through it. And then saying that they don't have a just right to not hire you. Like, no, they they, they have a just right to not hire you at that point. Like, that was that was a weird-ass tweet, bro. Yeah, if that was the, tw- the, the tweet, then I, yeah, then I, I retract what I said before. And, yeah, she probably deserved what she got. That's a pretty insane tweet, not gonna lie. But, no buts. Uh, but let's go to a different conversation. More at, uh, uh, there you go. <laughs> Wait, uh, when did she say that? Apparently, you're. Oh, this right? was a while ago. This is before all the cancel culture, quote unquote, stuff started. Had probably started. Uh, Tyler, what conversation? Wait, and she just got fired, like now? No, no. Th- this whole I mean, issue is over a long time ago. I just want to address oh. that me and Apostle are not the only black people on stage. We have a half black. Uh, Asian woman on stage and it's Kyoto. <laughs> I'm truly black and truly white, actually. No, you're not, bro. Please stop saying that. Dude, how many? Truly, how many you're human, truly gringo. How many That's human parents does Jesus have? I mean, for the Jesus record, Jesus has one. How many? How many black parents do I have? Don't use this argument. I don't know. Black. Black is an accident. It's I have, a, I have, I hint, I have one black parent. You know what? But here's the difference, though. Jesus had a black, I mean, not a black mom, oh, a mother. He didn't have a father. You have a father that was black, so that doesn't count. Yes, it does. Unless he wants to be no, a Hebrew Israelite, right? Yeah, exactly. I'm a Hebrew Israelite. You I are. Mean, for the you record, I, I, like ninety, per, like ninety something percent of my DNA is like Irish. English and, and like a couple other European places, but I am 0.02% West Sub-Saharan Gambian African. Say it. So I, I, that's not enough to make me Hebrew Israel, I don't think, but 0.02%. You are what your father is. So find out if your father got that in his blood and you're good. Oh, Weed. so that, that would work? If that came from my dad's side, that would Yes, work. bro. Camps be having like these white boys who claim to be Israel making fun of Africans. Oh, and all it would cost me is my soul. Yeah, I mean that's the that's the only trade off, really. I think you should weigh the pros and cons. Oh man, I mean, there's no way I could track down which. I mean, it's fifty fifty. I guess I can flip a coin. No one can disprove me. I mean, oh, you wanted to be a liar too. Wanted to Nate twenty three and me. Do what? Yeah, that's why I did. That's how I know that. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it, um, I guess I'm curious. Are you aware of what a strong argument for evolution that is? I mean, if you believe everything, I mean, you know, 
I guess I take on faith that I'm. I guess I guess I guess I take a lot on faith that that it's correct. Oh no, no, that I'm point zero two percent West Sub-Saharan Gambian African. To quote you, facts don't care about your feelings. Right. So wait, right. stop that, that man, saying, saying, please. Are you saying that we black people that are a different substance than? He's basically yeah, what are you saying, Michael? We're a different species, basically. <laughs> oh, come on. That, 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 oh, man. So wait, if you say that black people are a different substance, isn't that just a more, you know, I guess, scholarly way that's of saying built different? Well, that would that's just race realism. Then, that's just race realism, bro. Yeah, and Jesus couldn't have, like, Jesus only assumed one human substance, so. It wasn't a white and black substance. It Whenever just... I talked to like race, like I was talking to the Lutheran race realist, and he was saying, oh, "Wait, wait, wait, you know, back up." There's a Lutheran race realist. Most of the, most of the Lutheran, most of the Lutherans are race realists. Most of the Lutherans are the like Lutherans are like the up. LCMS. They excommunicated all, all the Nazis and stuff, like the neo Nazis from their uh, denomination. And I was talking to one. And he was basically, I asked, do you think race is an essential property of humanity or an accidental property? And he said it's essential. And I was like, so I asked him, how could Jesus save all humanity from his perspective? Um, Let's just say I did not get an answer. He just started talking about IQ stuff. Oh, my goodness. Wow. He said, I got a few statistics I'm going to bring up. <laughs> I hate when pseudo I hate when pseudo intellectuals bring that up because it's like I'm smarter than you. Yeah, Bubby. I'm so ready for him to just be like, despite only making up thirteen percent of the population, it appears that Yeah. Are we gonna finish that? People or? think they're people think they're like uh edgy or something when they bring this that statistic yeah, up. Yeah, the like, 1350 no, claim, even though it's been debunked I don't know how many times. Bubby, yeah. you I just say I just say it is true. Today. Now what? what <laughs> it they is tell true. You about me? Let's say it is true. Now what? <laughs> it is true, and <laughs> What's the argument? <laughs> Let's make it 70. What's the, what's the argument? What's the argument? What's, what's the argument? You don't you have one? You can't refute it? I don't even know what's happening right now. Yeah, Nate. This is like our normal rooms where we just cut up and make jokes and then talk theology for five minutes and then make more jokes. It is a great uh, break from humanity. Oh, by the way, I have a new Christian world record. Um, I got kicked by a Muslim in less than uh, <laughs> uh, the four seconds from the room. I didn't even say just anything. I was just too. breathing. <laughs> I didn't even. I didn't even take an exhale, bro. I had one inhale, and I was kicked. So oh, that I was faster. That was faster than the Unitarian room the other day when uh, OJ was talking, and uh, Tyler rolls up there, and I think Tyler got what did you get half a sentence out, Tyler, and they kicked you. I got a sentence and a half, and I said, <laughs> "So basically, what you're saying is." Yeah, God undergoes a change. And I immediately got muted. OJ started complaining about me, and I got moved down to the audience. Yep. And then they let the black Hebrew Israelite continue uh, rampaging. And then, oh, and then, and then, but the funny part was that they let Anson up there, Mr. White Kid, 
Bro, he dumped on them. He He took one of the stinkiest dumps. It was just, it no, was. It was bad. He was cutting. Nate, it I was gnarly. Know. Like, Anson rolled up there, and OJ, you know who OJE, like, guy. I don't know who like any of these people are. I don't know who Anson is. I don't know any of these people. <laughs> You've had Anson on the stage for an hour. He Does he comes go up by and, a different name? Uh, well, his his current PTR is uh, Ansonius. Ansonius. That's like, Brad, we call him Bradley. He yeah. was like, he was like, so here's, here's the issue, right? You're, you want to say that Dia can be used of like to and through, you know, in personal thoughts. You have no idea what you're talking about. Okay, so here's the issue. That's exactly how he talks. <laughs> if you don't know who we're talking about now, we can't help. But he just he just dunked on the Unitarians so hard, and he was like, he was like, well, I mean, you know, this is like kind of the most basics of Greek grammar. I'm not real sure how you could say that it could be, you know, these other things. And the guy's like, you're lying on me. And and just like going nuts because I mean, Anson just made a fool out of this guy. Wait, are you, and, are you talking and about in the Antonius, nicest the way? Speaker? No, 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 that's Antonus. Oh, Anson. okay. Carry on. So, so Anson is just, is, uh, he goes to, well, I don't want to dox him here on this stage because it's a big stage, but he he's in Central Florida with me, so I I meet him for lunch periodically. So I think we're going to meet for lunch this week. But um, you know, and and Kyoto when he's down too. Uh, when are you coming back, Kyoto? The seventh. Seventh of August. Okay. All right. Well, we'll we'll all reconvene and eat Mexican again. Um, because I've met Kyoto twice too. Notice how um, the darkest person is not included. Well, you do live a thousand miles away. I guess we could that's fly you in a for relevant lunch. fact. I really want to meet Tyler, bro. I'm gonna be sad. I mean, I mean, you guys are having a party, and I'm not that far away. Just no, saying. You'll see me in heaven, bro. If you don't see me here, we don't. Be... If you don't see me, oh my me gosh, you wonder what the lamest thing, you you, the lamest thing was. If you don't see me and oh. you're in heaven, that's not heaven, my friend. <laughs> that is hell. You, are, <laughs> you know what? One of the most annoying things in my, in probably my life, that someone has said to me was, um, I, I was dating this girl, and I, I was kind of like standoffish, and I, I was kind of looking to like break up with her, but and she was like way more into me. And then she started being standoffish, which is, you know, you always want what you can't have. So when she started playing it cool, I'm like, oh, wait, you know what? I really kind of like her. Huh. I actually do like her. Wow, I really like her. And I was, like, getting more into it. And the tables turned. And then, anyway, she ends up, like, like calling it quits with me. And I'm like, oh, man. I, oh. Anyway, so um, her parting thing was, um, I'm like, you know, we should give this, give this a shot. And I really like you and blah, blah, blah and all that stuff. I was, I was way younger. And, um. Um, anyway, so her parting words were, it's okay. Um, I'll see you in heaven. I'm just like, oh, that is like, like, dude, I'm like, come on. I'm like, what am I going to say? Like, no, I won't. Like, okay. technically, Tyler's explanation better that if you see, if you don't see me, you're not in heaven. (laughs) If you don't see me, you got something wrong. That. Right, so, so it's like my friend, and she was like a good church girl, so like heaven. I have no reason to think you that she's that not going to be in heaven. heaven. Yeah, so <laughs> it's like I have no reason Jenna, to think she's not going to be Jehanim. in heaven. Nope, Bobby, do you not care about my plight? I'm bearing my soul, Bobby. Why don't you care? <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, going to Jehanna. There's, 
Tyler's going to be no in purgatory for longer than me, so I don't know There's no reason to think this good little church girl is not going to be in heaven. So the only thing is, like, why am I going to see you? And I'm like, well, I'm not going to say that. So I guess, all right, technically fine. Yeah, I guess we'll see each other in heaven. But you still suck. Just tell uh, her okay. she's Lutheran and move on. That's enough of an uh, I will see St. Alfonso in heaven. No, you won't, bro. Bro, Liguri said that he trusted. He said that Mary's in charge of his salvation. Yes, that's a crazy statement. Oh, Let's not start the apostolic debates up in this room, but yeah. I'm just saying. Look, I don't think bro made. I don't know if he made it to the pearly. He probably got at least, if I had to guess, two million years purgatory at least. <laughs> <laughs> if he going to heaven, he ain't made it yet. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> We'll Charles, if you him. want to help him out, you can you can walk the uh, or you can crawl the uh, steps of the ladder in church on your knees, and that'll get him like fifty grand give years him, off of uh, purgatory. Give him your plenary indulgence. I, I can pray to Rosemary to reduce time from him from purgatory. Can't you pay money? Duh, Doesn't what have to be so heck? you can like put like pay money or something for him? That's not heck really yeah. something you can do that much. Anymore, yeah, BRP, Paul Mary. No, 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 you I mean, can what, still if, if buy indulgences. You can still pay money. Yes, you can. Wait, no, in, indulgences is never for that. If you're poor, um, yeah. and with the Pope being like it's a sin to look backward for traditionalism. You know what's could crazy the case to be, me? Could the, case, could the case, am I not talking? Could the, I mean, come on, guys. Could the case not be made that you could put that on a credit plan? Maybe. Oh, that's a good thought. The Pope has infinite plenary indulgences. Why does he just give it, give it to all the souls in purgatory? He has infinite that's, plenary indulgences? That's, that's going to end up being like, I don't know, soul inflation or something. What if I go up to, to Francis and say, can you saint me right now? He says yes. Am I just in? You can't judge the Pope. Yeah, you can't judge the Pope. What if it, uh, no, 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 no. He says... That I'm whatever sainted. he says about saint, like if he saints somebody, it's infallible. You can't judge his decision it, unless the council comes together and judges him. They can judge him, but individually, nobody can judge the pope. Uh, a council can. Bro's a conciliarist. You're definitely not even a papist anymore. No, only, uh, you see, that's an impious thought. Can judge that's an pope. impious thought because Cardinal Cayetan said you can't judge the pope. So now yeah, you, you as an individual can't judge the Pope, but a council can't judge the Pope. That's yeah, what yeah, I asked okay, You take one private about. opinion and then you get a bunch of private opinions together. How does that mean that you can judge the Pope? Um, well, private opinion is different, right? As an individual that knows, as a layman. Look, I'm, I'm just going to go Pope Pius XII. I am tradition. <laughs> Are you identical to tradition? According to Pope Pius XII, he is tradition. Why would the council overturn that? I'm oh, 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 like Fauci is science, like that? That would just, yes. be, that would just be mad Fauci uncharitable. Fauci is science. The science. That would be mad uncharitable if a council got together to overturn the Francis calling me a saint. That would, that would be crazy. How no, is it that I go away, I get a phone call for two minutes, I come back, you're talking about Catholicism. We love That's Catholicism. Good. We're Catholic. It's a, no. it's a so true. Has, any, has anyone else in the room? Catholicism. <laughs> Anybody else in the room ever been been to uh, St. Mark's Basilica in Venice? No. Oh, that's a really good place to go. Yeah. Is that the one with um, the golden walls? Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah. If you go back to the uh, the back of the baptistry, um, there's uh, 
there's a, a wall that's about, I don't know, maybe... Wait, ten... hold on. Are you Canadian? Yes. Um, I knew it! Sorry, sorry. No worries. Um, no worries. He just had a big Canadian flag as his PTR for like eight years. Yeah. Wait, seriously? <laughs> maybe oh, not eight, I maybe thought, not eight years. Because I had it. Um, yeah. Please continue, yeah, if, Michael. We have a rowdy if, stage. If you go back to the back of the baptistry, <laughs> I think the wall is about 10 or 12 feet wide and 7 or 8 feet high. And it's about eh, maybe 8 inches thick and it's solid gold. And it has wow. buried in buried in that it has diamonds, rubies, emeralds, sapphires, you know, the size of your fist. And... Um, where? What, Where do I stick my fist? <laughs> well, no, it's guarded by guys with machine guns. Um, but I was about uh, to say, why has it been robbed yet? I, I guess yeah. that's the answer. Um, Have you but, ever yeah. been fisted, Michael? Um, All right. Well, thanks for playing. Whoa, I can never whoa. get to the. I can never get to the controls fast enough. Yeah, that's okay. Um, but one of the things that that's always troubled me so much is is when uh, when we went to uh, we went to Germany and Italy for our honeymoon. We spent a good deal of time in Italy and, and in St. Mark's Square, um, which is a beautiful place. If you ever get a chance to go there, you should go. But it's also terrible because there's homeless people sleeping on the street outside of a building that has a wall that's you know this one wall that's probably worth oh I don't know a billion dollars. Um, and it's 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 very very troubling to me. And is it covered by anything, or it's just like a giant shiny golden wall? Well, like, no, it's I mean, it's, like... yeah, it's it's encased in plate glass. Um, oh no, no, I mean like I mean it's not like covered in like you know powder or stucco or something. It's like it's no. like legit just, just so you can thought, see a, a giant golden gold. wall. Yeah, yeah, just a giant wall of gold. Yeah. Maybe I should yeah. let me Google that real fast. Okay, so what's uh, what's the thing called? St. Whatever's... Uh, St. Mark's Basilica, Venice. And just, if you probably, if you Google gold wall, it'll probably come up in a picture. Maybe I could Google golden calf. So, <laughs> um... I may have uh, a picture of it somewhere buried that I, I can look for. Is it, like, really, really ornate? It's not just, like, a solid gold wall. It's, like, very, very ornate. Oh, this is 16 years ago. I'm trying to dig back into my memory banks. It's not it unnecessarily gaudy. Uh, yeah, I mean, like everything in the in Catholicism, yeah. Like everything Catholicism in Italy. Like a vulgar display of wealth. Um. Yes. Well, I mean, isn't isn't that kind of self evident with a big gold wall and diamonds and rubies? Um, I, I see I'm lots actually, of the basilica, but I don't see any of the wall. I'll have to look into that further. I I think I have a pic. I think I took a picture of it. Um, but I have to dig it up because it's it's probably like on an SD card because you know back in the day there weren't as many you know smartphones per se and uh, it's probably on an SD card on a camera somewhere. If you can find that, I would really like to see that. Yeah. All right. Bro, poor peasant farmers gave up their life saving for that, bro. For real. Oh, hey, Vangel down there. Oh, avoid. Hey, go ahead. What are you talking about? The Pope was the one who pulled him up, pulled himself up by the bootstraps. He's really... He came really up from the, the bottom. Of, uh, the, the Pope exactly is based. The Pope he got is from the trenches. The he got it out the mud. He came up from the trenches. Hey, bro, my man's by his bag. What can I say? Brand new bag for Pearl, but I didn't pay for it. Oh, <laughs> darling.
He literally didn't pay for it. <laughs> I'm going to get become scammed. <laughs> Imagine if I become the Pope. Vatican 3 win. Vatican. I'll cry Vatican 3 the same day. You got a charismatic surf in that cast of church. This yeah, is, anybody uh, wants to say anything coming up? This is the Pope. Yeah. Give these people something uh, else to talk about. Hey, Charles, are you down with the German bishops or what? They're, they're not Catholic, according to Pope Leo the 13th. Yo. Hey, guy, what's up? Are you speaking? Yeah, sure. I got a serious question. Yes. Um, so, is Jesus God? Yes. yes. Is God omnipresent? Everywhere, all at once. Depends on what you mean by that term. Omnipresent, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, so <laughs> we have a, we probably have a different understanding of omnipresence than you. So we mean we understand God to be present to His creation, not in His creation. Ah, uh, so you found a loophole. Nah, it's not a loophole. That's just what omnipresence means. You know, oh, only present means everywhere all at once. No, you know, if no, it's like everywhere all at once, but, but you're making up a definition and you're saying that's what it means. We're saying we are the ones who made up the definition or who discovered the definition of omnipresence, and we have precise theological terms for it. And what you want to do is butcher it, turn it into something else, and then say, ha ha, I have it. But let's pretend we all agreed to this point. Uh, what's your, where's your question going? <laughs> to say so Jesus. I, I just, I just want to say that uh, everywhere all at once is everywhere all at once. If it's everywhere all at once, but that's, you know, by definition, special pleading. Correct. I mean, I don't everything. Think, uh, well, well, what's special pleading exactly? What are we saying is not omnipresent in this scenario? Like, are you getting it like God's in hell or like, where are we headed? I think he's going to say, is Jesus everywhere or something like that. Okay, so with yeah. the, no matter how you define omnipresence, Jesus is omnipresent. Well, I won't omnipresent. say no matter how, but let's say, let's say your understanding is correct. Jesus is omnipresent. If that's the question that you're going to ask. Yeah, Maybe I'm wrong. Yes, I, I think you're not up to par. I'm, I'm sorry. Um, anyway. Um, so if God is, if Jesus is God and God is omnipresent, can I find God in a tree? Can I find Jesus in a tree, basically? The, yeah, see, we don't think omnipresence means that uh, God like, has a... Has else, a please, because I don't think this guy is up to par, and I'm sure you guys realize this by now. Yeah. So I, I think he's making uh, you guys look bad. He is up I to don't, par. What's that? What's I'm that Bible? Sure. What's that Bible verse where it says, you know, uh, you know, look somewhere and you see me. Look, lift a rock and I'm there. Like, yeah, um, he made a he made a clear distinction. He made a clear distinction from being present to all things and in all things, like in a local sense. Like, yeah, I don't think you didn't interact like with the, it. And then the you want to say you're not up to par. Like, it's just disingenuous. I mean, uh, if somebody but yeah, David basically wanna... says, "Where can I go where you're not?" So, okay, so, like, being, like, Chris is probably going to call me a heretic, but I don't know. Let, let's just let's just say, in, in the lo most vague possible terms, um, Jesus is God, 
even if, I'm, I'm going to say lots of even ifs, right? So I'm not trying to get myself burned to stake. Just, just go with me. I'm trying to be as vague as possible. So if we're saying Jesus is God and Jesus, physical Jesus, is not everywhere, that still does not mean God is om not omnipresent. We still have the Father. We still have the Holy Spirit. And, you know, Jesus makes the case. He says, hey, look, I'm going to leave and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit with you. And also the Bible says, you know, in John 1, nothing was made that wasn't made through Jesus. So I know someone uh, uh, earlier distincted between Jesus is, uh, you, you know, not present in all things, but he made all things. But regardless, if Jesus wasn't actively sustaining something, that thing would not exist. So I believe that Jesus is not in a tree. Jesus is not a tree. But if Jesus was not, you know, sustaining uh, by his power that tree, that tree would not exist. So if we want to say in that sense, Jesus um, is God and God is omnipresent, sure. And even if you say, well, no, I want the flesh Jesus. Okay, well, we still believe Jesus is God, but Jesus is not you know, the Father and not the Holy Spirit. So you still have two more uh, two more persons that you need to contend with. So no matter which way, and I know Tyler, I think earlier said, no matter which way you slice it, God is still omnipresent. Well, there's a few more slices to that pie. So no, no matter which, we're getting a really big pie and still no matter which way you slice it, um, omnipresence is not an issue. So God is omnipresent. We also want to, um, say, so that, we also want to say that Jesus doesn't stop being omnipresent when he come, becomes in flesh. Right. Yeah. So it is so, still so omnipresent. It just doesn't mean it just doesn't mean doesn't mean that it's human nature is omnipresent. Right. Yeah. Because it's not a proper. Yeah. So I think what you're asking is, can you see if Jesus is omnipresent, then shouldn't this humanity be everywhere? And the answer to that question is no. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm asking. So yes, that's not what you're asking. Well, no. Can so, you maybe so, maybe um, clarify? Maybe the question let a little me. Bit. Maybe let me ask the question so you know what I'm actually asking before. You don't trying. have to be uh, rude. Well, I literally just said, can you... Hang on, 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 hang on. Let's have a little bit of order. So yeah, yeah, China guy, he literally said, can you clarify and you chastise him for wanting to ask the question that he literally just asked you to ask. So yeah, go ahead, China. <laughs> Thank you. So, so, so we are in agreement that uh, Jesus is God. God is omnipresent. And omnipresent is, uh, well, it's not within, but without his creation. I think that's the point that's been trying to make. Uh, so it's not in people, but, you know, it's at the present, in the presence of people, his creation, right? So I, I would so, just say the proper preposition. Not you, present. just not you, bro. Just not you. Anyone else but you. <laughs> well. Okay. Anyone else but him. Uh, no, no, no. Wait, no, what? Go I'm I'm wondering why that is though. Yeah. You know, he just annoys you, bro. I'm I'm pretty sure you guys find out that he's probably the the most annoying person here. I've never Maybe spoken wow. to you before. No, oh, there's someone else. Well, I'm I'm glad they're not opening their mic at, at present. So anyway, look, man, Tyler is one of my best friends on this app, and you know, to, for you to insult him like that is pretty pretty out of bounds. So let Tyler go ahead and answer because he knows the theology and he's going to give you the correct theological answer. If you're actually interested in the answer, this ge this gentleman will be able to impart it to you. If you're not actually interested in the answer, then I'm not real sure what we're doing. Yeah, I'm not going to interrupt you. You don't interrupt me. We can keep some with decorum in the room. Uh, so, you know, go, go for it, bro. Okay. So Jesus is a god. God is omnipresent, meaning everywhere all at once. Um, so the question is, this is a two-part, I guess. Can I find Jesus in a cave? Okay, so 
We believe yes. Yes, 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 in, yes, in, yes, yes, yes or no. Just yes or no. It's a simple question. I don't answer. I don't answer a simple yes or no. I answer yes because. No, 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 no. no. Because. The, the, the question is actually, if I want to like simplify it like, like this, right? If A equals B and well, B equals C, A equals C. So that's the well, question in the mouth. Can I take a crack at this for giggles? Yes, you can find Jesus in the cave. Like, okay. Let me play your yes or no game as long as I can. Okay. Can I find Jesus in your butthole? Sure. If you want to be disgusting, sure. Wherever okay. there's materials. Thank wherever there's materials. Stuff, yes. Okay, now I'm being a little bit freaky. Can I help you find Jesus? That's in your butthole. Well, <laughs> I think that's Rennes, of course. Ah, yeah. Thanks for playing. Try again. Ah, peace be with you. Yeah, that's why you don't. Uh, oh, oh, wait. This is where to use. The, this is where to use a Christian greeting for non-believers, right? Repent, or you will die in your sins. Peace be with you. That that's the right time to use that Christian greeting for non-believers, right? Well, he's making yeah. me want to open up the imprecatory psalms. Yeah, Anyways, that well, that ran that's why you don't. That's good. why you don't play yes or no games with people. That except, ask, except that's yes the thing, because, right? Because no, because well, well, right, because like. It doesn't matter, if, like, in my humble opinion. Um, I, I mean, I don't care if someone's, like, you know, trolling or not, like, because someone listening to this probably cares. I mean, I don't know about that last question, but people probably care about the answer, even if, a, if it's, like, a troll question. They don't care. Um, someone listening, I do it for their benefit because they may be like, okay, well, I get where this is going. I get it's a stupid question. Um, I get that that person asking is insincere, but I would actually like to know the answer to the question. So, like, I try to answer it for their benefit. Um, so, I mean, except what he did it was a category shift. So it was like, can I find Jesus in a cave? Like, you know, based on what we talked about earlier. Mm. Sure. Can I find Jesus in, you know, your backside? Sure. Can I help you find Jesus? That's a category shift. So, I, I mean, yeah. I get it's a troll. I get it's a trolling question, but someone who's seriously like, well, I'd like to know the answer. Can he help me find Jesus? How is that omnipresent? So that that's no longer the same thing. So you're not talking about, is Jesus like sustaining or is Jesus present somewhere? Now you're talking about, can someone help him, help him find Jesus? That's a, a different category shift. So if anyone actually cares about the answer, um, that we've now turned to a different subject matter entirely. Um, and unfortunately, he couldn't keep it together long enough to, uh, yeah. you know, continue a civil conversation. That was just perverted. That was just perverted and weird. And just immediately, like, that's weird. Anyway, <laughs> like, no, that's what, like, no, I'm getting a little bit freaky. I'm like, you crossed freaky a little bit ago. That's what, uh, that's what, that's the uh, average person on uh, communist China. That's what communism does to your brain. But uh, if anyone interested in the question, I would just say, first off, omnipresence doesn't mean God is present in creation as it's historically understood, is that he's present to creation. So maybe give us, us, give us some that? nuance about yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that mean? So if something is present in creation, it means it's confined by the dimensions of space and time right so God would be in time and in space somehow even though he's supposed to be immaterial and atemporal so we don't say he's present in creation but we say he's present to creation because he sustains creation he's the direct sustaining cause of creation so he's omnipresent because he upholds everything that exists that's what I said right? Okay, yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. So, if someone comes in and impiously asks, right, uh, I wouldn't entertain this question because I'm a Christian, but if someone comes in and impiously asks, 
can we find Jesus inside your nether regions? Uh, you should just respond with, the wrong, you're using the wrong preposition for omniscience, and that's just an impious question, so I'm not going to answer it. Uh, there, there, it's funny, there is a, sorry, Ian, to finish, and then I just want to mention something. No, you... Yeah, there is, a, there is a potential problem with something that you just said, though. And uh, I understand the nuance that you're trying to use. However, part of the problems inherent with what you said is an implication of what you said is that God exists outside of time. Is that fair to say? Yeah, we just got a phone call. Ah, uh, crappy. Um, yeah. Um, Are you so, going to yeah, go so... to the R.T. Mullins bit that I sent you? Um, not necessarily, but I mean, even uh, I mean, perhaps in an ultra-simplistic form. Um, and that is that existence is necessarily temporal. And so, like, what does it mean to exist? Like, if, there's no, if there is no time, there is no existence. But what does it mean to exist for zero seconds? Did you, do you exist at all? Right. And so I, I, I think it's I think it's a somewhat lowball argument, but I'm not sure that it's baseless. Right. Because, you know, and like, like I've said before, right, um, I've, I've heard people say that, you know, God is, you know, like immaterial, uh, like um, uh, Frank Turek. Right. Um, he says this kind of thing. And he, he said, unfortunately, he says it in a way that's problematic. He says, uh, you know, he says, um, you know, uh, God has to exist, you know, outside of space, you know, outside of time, you know, and he's, he's immaterial, right? So the problem, the problem with that is that something that doesn't exist in any place isn't made up of anything and doesn't exist for any time is indistinguishable from something that doesn't exist at all. Um. Yeah, well, Michael, we, I would say we, we predicate well, existence of God <coughs> analogously on the. We don't say that He exists in the same way that creatures do. Yeah, it's like the common thing, like God, you know, God exists outside of time, and then everyone, you know, takes that to mean what you said, Michael. But I would say, you know, if, if He exists in another time or outside of this time or is not bound by time, so you can you can mix and match stuff. But I mean, you know, if God is outside this timeline, that's all it need be. So like, there could be another timeline that you know, wherever God is existing, where God's like. Well, I guess I exist, so you know there must be a timeline. But as far as like looking at this one, like it, this this world, this universe, and like a snow globe, he's like, well, yeah, I can interact with that time, but I'm not bound by that time yet. You know, God time, whatever that could be, uh, he's still existing. So yeah, I mean, I I, I think you know they kind of answered what you were saying, but I mean to go one step deeper, it doesn't mean that there's n not different timelines or something like that. It just means God's not bound or in uh, or hold into this timeline. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And because it, it is it is fair to say, and I it would be I think incumbent upon me to to like to concede or ad, admit that it it is possible that there is time quote unquote time external to our universe. That that's possible. We have no way. We we are we do not have the capacity to see what is outside our observable universe, hence the term observable universe. Sure. So we have no, we have no Real idea. Real quick, Michael. I'm so you sorry can to tell me, right. just like, I'll finish up in 10 seconds. So you can tell me that you believe that, right? Or hold that as, as a position of faith. The only time I would get picky about it is if you claim to have that as knowledge. Okay, well, real quick, uh, 
I had got a call, so I, I missed like the beginning part. I'll respond to the latter part because I, I think I can adequately respond to that with the information I have. So for us, first we have to talk about an analysis of what time is. And on our analysis of time, well, I won't say our because, you know, different people have different views, but my analysis, Kyoto's analysis, and a lot of Christians historically, not all universally, but a lot of Christians historically take time to be the measurement of change. And we take change As to do be, I. Yeah. And we take change to be the actualization of a potential. Um, so we can, uh, by inferences that we know in nature, know that timeless reality exists. Um, and when you say something like, uh, we can't know whether there's a, you know, a temporal reality outside or a timeless universe or a timeless reality outside, I would say that the basis for me believing that is from other things that we consider, like I'm probably going to define time differently than you would define time, at least like what it means for something to change, for example. And so because of my different definition of what change is, I'm just going to say that, um, you know, time, there is a timeless reality based off of us analyzing these certain things about change. And so that would be what I would say. I missed the first part of your question, or, or first part of your critique to what I said. So, yeah, no worries. Yeah, mind, yeah, know, yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah. So I'm I'm curious as to one, and I'm not massively into philosophy. So, um, but if you could, you you said it's it's reasonable to use inference. So, can you give me the the the, the inference rule that you're using to um, to come to the conclusion that there's reality outside of our time? Yeah. So. The inference rule I would be using is a deductive one. Um, but what undergirds, like before you even get to the deductive argument, I have a couple like, um, I guess you could say metaphysical theses about how reality actually is in order to make these conclusions. So, but yeah, I would say I'm using a deductive inference based off of my analysis of what time and change is. Okay, so okay, so you you define time as a measurement of change. So I mean, and like equal signs go go both ways, right? So if if time is a measurement of change, isn't change just a measurement of passage of time, or are you defining it differently? And real quick, uh, Tyler, if you could wrap this up in like a minute, I, I want to see what Rags Riches has to say real fast, and then I have to run. Unless one okay. of you guys want to stay and keep this going. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. wrap this up in like we can, a minute. We can, keep it, we can keep it going. Just, oh, okay, uh, then keep it going. Okay, well, then let me talk to Rags real fast. I want to say hi to him, okay. and then I'll let you guys keep this we'll going. We'll throw, throw so, me and right Tyler there. and Kyoto and Bubby a green bean, and we'll just we'll make it an awesome room. Uh, God will not allow me to make Bubby a mod, so if you want that on your conscience, you have to. <laughs> <laughs> what does uh, it say? What does it say? What? What does it say about this situation that Nate will make me a mod but not Bubby? What does that mean? What does that say? Oh, all right, it I'll do it. That Bubby, right. It means that Bubby keeps refusing to have steaks with me. Uh, Rags, what's up, Rags? What's on your mind? You've been patiently waiting for a while. That's okay. I appreciate you letting me in. Uh, actually, the answer, the, the question I was going to ask got answered because we started talking about time and uh, what was that I was going to ask the definition, what the definition of time is, and it got answered. And I was answered the way that someone said is the measurement of change, right? So I, and then of course, then you can get in the dialogue. 
I would say like before creation, God was in a sense timeless because there was no change in him. The moment of the moment of creation, a change occurred. And so then you have time because it becomes just him alone to something else. So that's all I was going to get into, but you guys kind of started getting down that road. So, okay. I'll, well, I'll Tyler, take, take, it, take it over. Carry on guys. I'm just going to disappear into the ether after a little while. All right. God bless Nate. Yeah. Good to see you guys next time. All right. Take it away. Michael. Um, so you can go ahead, uh, you know, catch me up to speed on the first part of your inquiry. Uh, Yeah, all I had really said was, and, you know, is, is I, I was curious about what you meant about, uh, you know, about uh, time. And then um, I had uh, made reference to something that Frank Turek has said in videos before about, you know, God being uh, spaceless, timeless, timeless and immaterial, right? Which is problematic and not to, you know, because everybody's heard it, we say it quickly. But yeah, something that doesn't exist in any space, isn't made up of anything, it doesn't exist for any time, is indistinguishable from something that doesn't exist at all. And, and when, when I said that, I, I referenced the fact that, like, one, I understand where, like, I understand why the argument's used at times. I don't necessarily use it myself a lot. I've made reference to it. Um, and that, that's what I was saying based on something that you had said is because it can be problematic for someone to say, you know, that, is, you know, something exists outside of something that we have no capacity to observe, right? Because, like, we, we can't, like, it, it could be, a, I think the last thing that I said was, is that it, it's probably fair to say that there might be time outside of our universe, like if the multiverse hypothesis is correct for some reason. But we, we don't know that. We have no way of knowing that, right? Um, and if you say that you believe that as a, as a position of faith, I'm fine with that. But I, I get... I get a little bit iffy when people start to claim knowledge for something that's not possible for them to know. And, and to, to what you said about metaphysics, I like, I mean, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about metaphysics. If I had to, if somebody said, you know, what's your metaphysic, the closest that I would, the, the closest I would get uh, would be, you know, naturalism, which is of course, you know, we, we obviously are going to come at it from diametrically opposed perspectives, but anyway. Yeah, I understand that. Um, I guess I would just say I have reason to suspect, like even even if you want to, um, well, I'll just say this, right? I don't think that everything that can be known is known through the senses. I think you can know things that are not accessible to your senses. Um, and so that might be a, a big difference. And obviously I'm not a naturalist. I think that there's something beyond the natural world uh, however you define it if you think the natural world consists of just material things obviously i disagree with you there i think that there are immaterial things um so yeah and, and one thing i might say is when you say that you know something that's immaterial timeless and incorporeal would be indistinguishable from nothing that would only be the case if the only things that exist are material things, but obviously we disagree on that. Um, well, yeah, and it's interesting, yeah. right? Because, I mean, so, I mean, you could easily argue, that, like, gravity isn't material, right? It's a force. Um, you know, you know, and so I, I, I don't necessarily know that I subscribe to there's nothing that's immaterial, right? Because, you know, gra gravity is not a material thing. We can measure it. But it's not, it's going to quote unquote material thing. And maybe there's a proof 
op uh, opposite to that. I'm not a physicist. I just play one on TV sometimes. Um, but um, it, it is interesting, but I'm really curious about what you just said because to the best of my knowledge, and I, I think I know where you're going to go with this, but not, I don't want to poison the well. The only way that we experience the world is through our senses. So if you experience the world in something other through your senses, I honestly don't know what you're talking about. Um, well, I wasn't saying that we don't. Well, I, I guess it depends on what you mean by experience. But I might even be able to agree with you in saying that we, ex we experience the world through our senses and, and maybe not even through like anything else. Maybe I, I'll have to think about what's, what exactly is entailed by experience, but I might be able to grant that. But my, my statement or my claim was, I don't think what all that is known is known through the senses more specifically. Okay. So how, so, how else might you know something? And, uh, I, you can, and I guess by knowledge, I mean, justified true belief. Um, uh, so you can know something by applying like inferences. So, for example, uh, classic syllogism: uh, all men are mortal. Socrates is a man. Socrates is mortal. So, you know, some of those premises might be justified empirically or through investigation, but the general inference rule. Um, is just a modus ponens, or not, not not a modus ponens, my bad. But uh, the general inference there is just deductive, and that's not known through, uh, you know, what you like, that's not known through empirical investigation. Sure. Uh, you yeah, don't even necessarily need to know, you don't even necessarily need to know what the terms mean to get the the conclusion, for example. No, and that's interesting, right? But but the, the syllogism you also gave, which, which I accept, right? It, I think you'd have to be, I think you might have to have a, a screw loose to like not accept that syllogism. It, it seems, you know, certainly seems to be valid and sound. Um, but it's also mundane, right? Um, so it's not necessarily analogous to the supernatural, which is not mundane. Yeah, I, I think the general point I was just trying to make there, though, is just that there are some things that are not known immediately through the senses. We know them. Uh, we reason from what is more clearly perceived and known through the senses to something unknown uh, that is not known through the senses. So I think that you can still get certain knowledge um, without the use of you know, like your sense perception. Otherwise, if we have to like start with this notion of just, you know, we only know things that are in our sense perception, or we have to start with that as a thesis, well, I'm not sure that we can even verify that thesis, and that thesis seems to have some problems with it. Like, how do we verify our prior commitments um, and things like that? And uh, while the senses are, uh, well, I'm not going to go down that route, but the general, just, the general point I'm trying to make is that we can know things that are not known through the senses. And so uh, concluding that there is an atemporal reality, even though that's not immediately accessible, to the senses, we ought not discount that possibility. Yeah, and I'm not discounting the possibility, but to go back to the syllogism that you raised, right? You said, you know, you could know it through the senses, but the the premises that you uh, that you listed out are we, we can we can bear those out through our references, right? 
So for someone who, for someone who was born without the sense of sight, right? Um, they don't know what a tree looks like. They, they don't have that reference point. In your syllogism, when you say, you know, uh, all men are mortal, Socrates was a man, therefore Socrates is mortal. Well, you, you can reference things through, like, that you had through prior experiences. So I'm not sure that I, I'm not sure that I agree with what you're saying, because while, while it may, while I'm not necessarily convinced one way or the other, I, th I think I'm mostly convinced that you can't experience, you know, that, that the only way you can experience the world is through your sense, through your senses. Even if I grant a possibility of that, there's still a problem with the syllogism because it's still reference because it still references past experiences that you had through your senses. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I, if you think like there there are certain things that we're building off of from our sense perception, I'm not opposed to that. That's that's fine. I got. I would agree with you and concur with that. Our sense perception is used in a lot of reasoning and argumentation to like build up from the bottom up. And I don't disagree with that. My point is that the sense perception can get you a certain knowledge of things that are not known to the senses. So, for example, with my analysis of what change is, I take the Aristotelian understanding, which is change is an actualization of potential. And... Assuming a lot of the Aristotelian metaphysic, which I think can be cogently argued for, from this analysis, in certain series, what is presupposed by any change whatsoever is something that does not change. And so I would conclude that atemporal reality exists in virtue of that argument, in virtue of the fact that things that exist here and now require something that does not undergo change and so we would be more so arguing about maybe the metaphysic that I, that I take up and maybe things like that but I think if you grant the metaphysic that I understand you know the, the way I understand the world that the conclusion would follow right? oh it, oh sure if I grant your metaphysic then it all makes sense right uh, yeah that that's that's trivial right what is what is that presupposed thing? though that you mentioned yeah that change so a couple of the presuppositions i would be making in this is that change is continual for example so change is not like um you know like a, a succession of discrete time like events or like block time so it's continual it's on a continuum right and then another assumption that i would be making would be that change cannot be instantaneous or 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 like uh what i might say is a being arising from non-being or something like that right and i don't know there, what you mean by that okay so um basically that change must be uh like a gradient rather than something that occurs like one state of affairs to another state of affairs so like for example when you're making a ball or something like that when you're creating something that change doesn't occur instantaneously it's a progression or a gradual build-up so well yeah sure if you, yeah, if you look at the passage of time if you say like you know minutes are broken down into seconds seconds are broken down into smaller bits and yeah i'm, I'm yeah. with you on that right I'm so with you on that. so those are a couple of the assumptions that i'm making about which i think can be argued for um but 
those are a couple of the assumptions that I'm making when I do my analysis of change. So change okay. is a continuum, you know, things don't arise from non-being, which I think can also be argued, argued for. Um, things don't arise, arise from non-being. What do you mean by non-being? So nothing whatsoever. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that, yeah. I've, okay. I've never, I've, I've had the opportunity to speak to uh, Lawrence Krauss, who's a theoretical physicist. He was on our podcast a few years ago. And I've, I've sat and had a meal with him, and we've chatted about stuff like this. And it's funny, his, his book, A Universe from Nothing, which kind of talks about this a little bit, but you, you, won't, find, you won't find a physicist that says, quote-unquote, no thing exists. So, so I'm, I'm mm -hmm. with you there. I don't think nothing exists. And you, you won't find a physicist to say anything came from nothing. Well, more precisely, he's saying, like, being can't arise from nothing. Yeah. If you don't mind me just chiming okay. in here very quickly to say, I think, uh, because I have heard a number of talks between Lawrence Krauss and theists and atheists, and in regards to his book, Something from Nothing, it's, it's a fine line, Michael, right, in terms of the uh, philosophical definition of nothing and what a physicist would pass as nothing are two different things, right? Like the philosophical yeah, is coming from, and, and we're kind of talking from more of a, an empirical, uh, like if you were to say that you suck all of the, the air that was in this glass box out, what's in there? Well, it's a vacuum. It's not necessarily nothing. But the true philosophical nothing, no, I, I couldn't think of a single physicist who would ever say that that exists. Yeah. The, the principle you put in the chat, from nothing, nothing comes, ex nihilo nihil fit, right, is the Latin phrase. And, you know, I think most people accept that it's true. Uh, you know. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. So, so if we could go back, and, and I appreciate the, the, the side commentary for sure, because I'm, I'm not a scientist. Like, I'm in the soft sciences. I'm a social worker. Um, so... Uh, okay, so going back to, I'm curious though as to how you, as to how you get the whole, you know, like the the change in the time and all these other things. I'm curious as to how this ties into, um, what 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 we were what we were talking about before. Like, I I don't see how those how those things tie together. Okay. Um. So I was okay. So just to our. Uh get some more context for the conversation. Um, at least the way I interpreted you is what I interpret you as saying is that, you know, we can't have a certain knowledge of this atemporal reality that we can't be certain that time doesn't exist outside of our universe. So uh, for one, one real quick inquiry is I would say time hypothetically can exist outside of the material world. Right. I think that like time extends to heavenly beings as well. So I don't necessarily disagree with you on that point, but just I'm positing this atemporal reality or this atemporal existence. There is something that's atemporally existing, and you're saying that might not be something that we can certainly conclude, at least because it's not accessible to our senses. And I would just say, well, it doesn't need to be accessible to our senses for us to conclude it with certainty, or uh, or with even certainty. like, yeah. If, if time is the measurement of change, what does it mean to exist without time? Yeah, so that gets into what our definition of change is. So my definition well, of well, change... We, well, yeah, we, we, we agree on our definition of change. Uh, I don't the know that we... The measurement of time. Uh, no. I, I, 
time is a measurement of change, and the measurement of change is is equal to time or identical to time. Like yeah, definitionally an, speaking. Yeah, an equal sign, but what is equal change exactly? Yeah, an, an equal sign goes both ways. So if time is the measurement of change, then change is the measurement of time. Right. Wait, 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 so wait, wait. If time is a measurement of change, it doesn't follow that change is the measurement of time, per se. It, it would be a measurement of change what? is time. I, no, I'm but curious as Michael's to why the point equal sign doesn't go both ways. No, no, it's, it's cool. It's cool, man. That's cool. Go ahead. I mean, maybe you could say uh, change is a measurement of time. Maybe, but I, I'm not sure that I would agree with that. Simply put, because we also have to evaluate what change is like on an analytic perspective, right? What what is it? What is change in reality? Like, yes, it's the measurement. Let's say it's a measurement of time, but what does that entail? What does that involve? And so, my analysis of what that entails is going to be what we call an actualization of a potential. Okay, so. The point that I would make then from there is that, um, for one, it is entirely possible uh, modally. And that concludes the Christian Philosophy Hour. So uh, if you would like to hear the rest of the replay, you can sign up for Clubhouse and find it there under the Ask a Christian House. Or, um, well, I guess that is the only way to find it. Um, anyways, I had to run, so I'm no longer able to keep the line open, um, unfortunately, but you can find the rest of it there. I appreciate what they had to say. I listened as long as I could, but alas, I must go. So uh, enjoy us next time for more, and if you'd like to hear the continuation of this, jump on Clubhouse. The link is in the description, and you can find the most recent replay, at least as of July 19th. Take care.